like from oh, yeah, the yeah. And all the fruit flies keep going on it, but I don't notice till I water that plant. Oh, no. So I'll go to water the plant, and I've got a little spritzing bottle for it, because I'm lame as shit. Yeah. And I spray it, and then just like thousands of flies will come, oh, no, no, fruit <laughs> flies. <laughs> it's like, why are you doing this? I'm like on the first floor, man. How are you getting up here? It's, it's like, so small. We've um... flying to the top of Fly Everest, just get to one of my little fruit trees. <laughs> Luckily, we don't have any of that, but we've just got like our own little plant, and it's like a little eucalyptus, and... We've literally, like, it's grown upwards and then just, like, flopped because it had no support. <laughs> so we've got, like... You know what? That's a big move. <laughs> I feel like that. I grew up so tall and then just flopped as a person because I got no support. Shwan David and Jenna looked over and it was just, like, flopped completely over. It's like, oh, no. Well, so we've got a fun fact for you, Lucas. Uh, if you do have plants that are, like, a bit floppy... Yeah. Um, tests have shown that putting Viagra in their water does perk them up. Oh God, no! <laughs> because it stimulates something to do with the veins. And the I don't know how it would, but yeah, if you you know what droopy plant, we just strapped it to a, like a little wooden skewer instead. I don't think. Well, the thing is that it works the other way as well. That can work in lieu of Viagra. So either <laughs> just whack solid a stick on pen- it. Solid, yeah, solid tape a pencil to the side of it. It's fine. Oh God. Anyway, not feeding Viagra to, to my plant. <laughs> Welcome to episode 22 <laughs> of Carl's Corner. And as per usual, I'm joined by my friend Lucas. Say hello, Lucas. Guten Morgen. And um, as, like, mate, what are you drinking? Because I am all over his balls. I have got a Monster Ultra. Oh, okay. I've drank. This is my second Monster Ultra of the day. <laughs> oh, the second one of this half hour. Because, <laughs> oh, man, when I was drinking last night with a mate. Yeah. He's like, oh, I need to cheer up. I've been feeling really down. So let's go for a pint then. And that one pint turned into three pints. And that third pint turned into, like, shots. <laughs> and those shots just turned into me at two o'clock in the morning. Just, like, sat in my front room going, how did I get in? Oh, God, no. So, so it's one of those nights. I mean, it's a great story from it because this morning I woke up to a friend of mine uh, messaging me. Yeah. Just saying, oh, um, I think you may have caused some trouble for yourself last night. So what's going on? It turns out I've got a friend who does cosplay. I've mentioned it before. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't realise, oh, I'm not following her on Twitter. So I thought, as I laugh, I'll just follow her on Twitter. Because if anyone scrolls through my thing, they'll see, oh, who's he following? Oh, he's editors, um, a news thing, a thing that posts Simpsons memes. And then just this random cosplay model. <laughs> and I was in the pub with my mate, and I was just scrolling through Twitter as he got to the toilet. And as he came back, he went, who the fuck's that? Because I, I tune it out now, but it's like it's her with the tits out on Twitter. Oh, right, and yeah. And oh, that's, that's my friend. And there's no way you know her. No, I do, I do, I do. And I went, you know what? Yeah, it's like that thing. And thought no more of it. But I don't realise on Twitter, if you like something, oh, it comes no. up in other people's timeline. <laughs> so I, I've got like 20 odd thousand followers who's coming up in all their timelines. Carl Small would like this. <laughs> it's just her saying, go check out my, my premium Snapchat where I'm fully nude. Oh, oh God. And everyone's commenting. I said, oh, Carl, you know we can see this. Oh, no. And she was responding to it. Carl knows me in real life. Like, no, he doesn't. It's like, okay, then. Okay. So I woke up this morning thinking, oh, that was pretty funny. And not realised that it showed up on like 20,000 people's time. Yeah, that's not a good look, Carl. <laughs> I was laughing. I was howling. I've been talking to her about it all morning. We both like, oh, man, why are people so stupid? People were sending me DMs going, Carl, you know we can see your likes. And that you're being thirsty for this girl. And I'm just like, fuck yeah. I know it in real life. Yeah. I, just did it. I was in the pub with a mate. I went, oh, yeah, do that. Like that shit. That no, sounds like fun. The danger, like, so it's, it's not like he's on Facebook because <laughs> um, on Facebook it's a lot worse. Have you ever seen anyone do that? 
No. We're sort of scrolling through their phone and like their ex-girlfriend's there and you'll reach over and press their phone to press the like oh, button on the profile no. photo. So that I've seen that happen. Yeah. In Danger Light. And the worst thing is like I, I believe on Facebook, if someone likes it, you don't get a, like a second to retract the like. That notification no, is no, just no. immediately sent to them. On their phone, yeah. yeah. It's so funny. So, so it's like even if they just click, oh no, unlike, unlike, it's unlike, just yeah. it's sent anyway. Yeah, uh, me do. and my friends once we had a discussion like what would be the worst thing you could do like try you know freak someone out mm. at the other end of like Facebook and we decided it was like your ex-girlfriend's old profile photo at three in the morning <laughs> <laughs> just like like three of them in a row at about three in the morning so she knows what you were doing it's like oh, oh no. yeah <laughs> oh man so that was what I woke up to this morning and obviously that got me out of bed because it was just so fucking funny. I was howling. <laughs> I woke up and I saw the messages. I went, oh my God, I didn't realise that. And saw all the screenshots on people's timelines. Oh no. It's like, Carl Smallwood just like this woman saying, come check out my premium <laughs> Snapchat. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'm glad she got the advertisement. I hope she made some money from it. Yeah, to be fair. Like, like, that that's the upside is you're basically just advertising for your friend. So I get that money. We still need to get on the podcast. Oh yeah, yeah. To, but she's um, been sorting out some something to do with the house. Oh, okay. she's gonna. I'm sure she can tell the story when she gets off. <laughs> it was one of those things where she's been trying to sort out a house for ages, and she's like, "Oh, I'm moving." But my friend's also selling dogs. I went get a dog, and she's like, "I can't get a dog. I've got cats." I went get a dog and another cat. I am the worst influence. Get several <laughs> more dogs. See, the thing is, my like my plan with my girlfriend is always to get a dog, and then eventually get cats. Like, I never want to introduce a dog into a cat family because no, the cats are so territorial like the the well, thing is yeah like introduce a little cute kitten to a couple of dogs and they'll just be like yeah man bring it on that's cool introduce a little puppy to a couple of cats though and start bopping its nose <laughs> there won't be a puppy anymore oh man have you ever seen though when cats do that like proper duke and jive thing they do like the rocky one oh yeah yeah where they start like bopping the dog on the, <laughs> of the nose and it just can't handle it. It's like, what are these, these rapid fire, just like JoJo-esque punches to the nose? The cats are always just too fast for them. And it is, it's all about Literal like, cat-like speed. reflexes. So how do you think the mongoose beats the cobra? So that's how they do it. It's because mongooses are somewhat stupid, like 0.01 second faster than the cobra. Oh, really? <laughs> and that one split second gives them the advantage they need to kill cobras like, yeah. every single time. It's like, oh man, poor cobras ain't got a fucking chance. I just, I can never believe that a mongoose can kill a snake. I just, it's so good, isn't it? Like, I, whenever someone told me that, I was just like, no, no. Well, that's why I inspired one of my favourite Pokemon bits of like lore, which is Zangoose and is it Surviper? Oh yeah, yeah. Which obviously a snake and a mongoose and Surviper is obviously really good poisons type, but um, Zangoose is immune to poison, so it's immune to the Surviper. Is it? Yeah, because it's one of its abilities is um, toxic immunity. Oh, right. I'd never, so it can't be, never so it noticed can't be that part. Yeah, and it also as well, it's uh, marking on its chest. If people just want to type in, like, um, Zangoose, if you don't remember what it looks like, it's got a little um, purple scratchy-slashy thing on its chest. It's like a red, says, like, kind of thunderbolt mark kind of thing. Yeah, but that is supposed to be a Surviper. It's a permanent reminder of its mortal enemy. Yeah, because Surviper <laughs> has the same kind of marking on, like, its face yeah, in yellow for, for or something a Zangu, like that. Yeah. That's the thing. So he's got a permanent market. I it really love kill when, this thing. Like when Pokemon make like an established connection like that, it's really cool. Because normally yeah. it's just oh, here's some monsters. They all exist within one each other. 
Like, it makes sense for there to be rivalries within that ecosystem. Or even just ones that have, like, uh, what is it now? Just symbiotic relationships. They say, was it, like, Remoraids or whatever they are? Oh, no, Mantine. Like bottom, yeah, they're bottom feeders. And then you have, um, I forget what it's now, Onyx. Because mm-hmm. it likes to, like, obviously make huge, big paths through the thing. And they say that other Pokemon can go live in there. Just, like, little diglets, well, like, going through afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> I'll follow it out because obviously you can use it to like till farms and stuff, can't you? Yeah, yeah. I loved the utility of Pokemon. I, I, I know. Just, <laughs> Pokemon instrumentality. Turn these things into <laughs> tools. One of my favourite ones was um, Pokemon Sun and Moon. They had concept art of like, oh, here's Pokemon like being part of like the the humans' like natural everyday lifestyle. And one of them was just a fire truck with a Blastoise on the top. Oh, so you don't need a fire truck. You need the Blastoise. No, exactly. Just it was just like a truck. It didn't need a water jet or anything. It just had a big giant, like the big um, ladder and just a platform on the end for the Blastoise to just stand. The thing is, how you're already forgetting this introduced in an earlier Pokemon game, Pokemon Ruby. When you move into your house, they've got the Machoke moving service. Yeah, yeah they do, yeah. The Machokes carry your box. It's like, of course they do. Yeah. Like, why would you need a forklift truck if you've got a Machoke? But you know what? Why would he not hire Machamps? Because they could, they could carry twice as many boxes. They can, but I'm guessing the Machamp's the foreman. I mean, maybe <laughs> keep them all in They have the Machamp as the foreman, because obviously he's the champion. Oh, man, but I love that one. Of just, yeah, we're just going to get Machokes to move everything. <laughs> Why the fuck would we hire people? Can you imagine losing your job to a Pokemon? I mean, do you they would do any one? job we could a lot better. Apart yeah. from maybe admin. Uh, no, get Alakazam. Yeah, get, get Porygon. Yeah, IQ of 5,000, let's go. Just Porygon within the system. <laughs> Just put the Porygon in, download the Porygon. <laughs> I think it's Porygon might be one of my favourite Pokemon. Just because I love the idea it's just a digital duck. <laughs> it's, it's just a duck. And then as it evolves, it becomes smoother because the graphics get yeah, better. Yeah. <laughs> so it goes from like the 8-bit era into the modern day. And it's like Porygon 2. It's like, fuck yeah, Porygon. It just adds more polygons to the Porygon. Oh, the thing is, I want to now go play Pokemon Sun and Moon again, just so I can get my Porygon out. <laughs> I don't think I had a Porygon. I had, like, theme teams. I had my duck team. Oh, really? So I had, like, I had Golduck. I had, um, like, Swanner. Mm. I had my Porygon on there. So you got to have your duck team, man. you got to go for it. And then, like, my turtle team. Oh, yeah. Which is pretty good. Uh, and then I had my just team of Pokemon that all look the same. So I had, like, Agron, Tyranitar, Nido King, Nido Queen, and I think it was... What's the other one that just stands up on two legs? Rhydon. Rhydon, yeah. Or, and you know, make him Samurai Rhydon, just make him Rhyperia. And make him look so stupid. Yeah. Looks so... F- because Rhydon is objectively superior. Oh, yeah. Because you just give it EVO light. Oh, there we go. Double defense. <laughs> Thanks. See, so the, now uh, Rhydon's got 400 defense. Apart from, like, a lot of my pa- favourite Pokemon are based on, like, cats and dogs, obviously. So, like, I have a lot of teams of, like, cat and dog-looking Pokemon, but I also made, like, an elegant team. And oh, it was, like... Okay, what, what's on your team of, like, elegant? Um, so, I can't remember team. them all. Obviously, Ninetales. Yeah. Elegant as fuck. Um, there's Cincino. Because it's, like, yeah. little mouse <laughs> with, like, the elegant scarf. <laughs> it's got just the fucking pimp scarf yeah. built in. Um, who else was there? There was uh, Brazian, who was that? Um, is the middle evolution in X and Y for the Firestarter. Oh, yeah, the one that's like it's a little, wearing its little dress. Yeah, the one that's like a little like witch fox that hasn't gone like full stupid robes and everything. Yeah, I hated when it evolves and it gets the stupid fucking ear hair. Yeah. 
It's like, God damn, this Pokemon now looks so fucking stupid. <laughs> um, <laughs> Why did they put this in? Who else was there? There was Blossom. She's oh, just yeah. like, the thing is, though, cute. please tell me, just at the end, was just Psyduck. <laughs> just, <laughs> you know who, slow bro. You know who my uh, my Trump card was? What's that? My shiny Mega Ramphros with just these giant locks of hair. Oh, God, just power metal Ramphros <laughs> just coming in. It's fucking, yeah, that's right. I sing for an 80s cover band. What are you going to do? Because, oh, you know, so, it's so like good. an elegant team and this derpy Ampharos comes out. But and it's it, like, evolved. <laughs> just all of a sudden, these just giant, elegant locks of hair emerge. There's only one thing you can call that Pokemon, it's RuPaul. <laughs> just activate drag mode. It's like, wah! It's ready. Fierce. The fiercest of Pokemon. And that is why, oh, as much as I can understand the whole, like, um, controversy around Pokemon at the moment, not having all oh, of yeah. the Pokemon carry forward... I understand that that is a lot of like logistical issues with trying to get the games out in time and stuff. But oh, yeah. where I will miss making the dumb team. I will yeah. miss just having the option of putting a thousand different Pokemon into theme teams. Yeah, and make it and like mixing and matching and making the ones you want. Yeah, exactly. What the thing is though, I have very I agreed that oh yeah, this is kind of silly not to put. Maybe not put them all in, we'll at least put like 400, and it seems like it's going to be a lot. We don't know the exact number yet. Um, but I have slowly. I think a lot of people around. are ballparking it around 300, 400. That'll be okay, but I've, I have slowly turned around on this idea after seeing just the sheer level of entitlement from fans. Oh, yeah. Like, was it you guys in the group chat the other day said, Carl, buy this, and it was the Mareep. Oh, yeah. you know how much I love Mareep, and there's a like, two foot tall, <laughs> yeah, fluffy Mareep coming tall. out. And I was like, I'm tempted to get one just to put it at the bottom of my bed. So if I bring a girl round, she goes, oh yeah, you're ready to walk into my room. It's a big fucking sheep on my bed for no reason. <laughs> a two foot tall sheep plushie. <laughs> it's just like, why have you got this? It's like, why have I not got this? <laughs> I'll, get, I'll get like two and put them at the, like, the foot of my bed like some sort of emperor or sultan. <laughs> but then I was like, scroll down to like, I'll oh, read the replies thinking, oh, there'll be some like, people will be arguing about Wooloo or something or there might be some like funny. No, everyone's saying bring back the national decks. Yeah. And this announcement that has nothing to do with the game. Oh, yeah, From totally. just, like, an arm of the company that has nothing to do. It's like, for fuck's sake. It's like, are you really this committed to it? Oh, yeah, they totally are. And actually, it's kind of the reason I've turned around on it a bit more. Like, I... When I, I first heard it, I was like, man, this is, like, not a good idea. And they could have taken a bit more time, whatever, or hired more people. You know, it's Pokemon. They've got a lot of money. And... Yeah. Um, the most money. It's one of yeah, the most singularly exactly. successful and critically and commercially successful media like, pro- it's like properties on the planet. behind Disney in terms of just media empire. Yeah, Pokemon is a fucking juggernaut. Um, and they own it outright. Yeah, exactly. Like, but, it's only owned by it's them and Nintendo and Game Freak and it have each have an equal share. Um, so Pokemon Company and Game Freak are like, uh, you know, Pokemon Company is a branch of Game Freak, so Game Freak owns yeah. that. I, I want to say think, I looked it up the other day for an article. I don't think Nintendo it's like, it's, own they have a 33% stake. In Pokemon? In Pokemon, I was yes. going to say, because they don't own Game Freak, that's for sure. No, they own a 33% stake in Pokemon, which gives them like basically exclusivity for licensing and commercial purposes. Yeah. Because I looked this up, because I wrote an article on Pokemon Go the other day. Oh, okay. Because I found, I was researching it, as I often do for like various articles that I write, mm. and found out this hilarious tidbit. And that is that, do you remember when Pokemon Go came out? And it yeah. basically, it changed, it changed the world. Oh, yeah, like, it took over for a good few months. Uh, have you ever heard some of the stories about everything it impacted? Like, it had this amazing net boom for the entire economy. 
Oh yeah, like yeah, the entire economy. Like they were saying that anywhere that became a poker stop instantly saw like a hundred percent raise in like foot traffic, mm-hmm. and people were fighting over becoming poker stops. Like random bars, people were going in them. National parks saw a huge increase in people just for walking around. Um, animal shelters had people come in to walk dogs so they could hatch eggs. Oh. Um, crimes in progress got reported more because more people out there on their phones. <laughs> Um, there was like uh, the, I think the Japanese economy as a whole went on the uptick and specifically Nintendo saw a 200% increase I think oh, their stock price doubled over the course of a couple I of weeks I really found that funny because nobody realised that like Nintendo have nothing to do with and it and here's the thing that alone is funny but the next what happened was a guy at the head of Nintendo at the end of trading for a, like one week after the price had doubled hmm. released a statement saying um, while we're proud to say to like, our stockholders that you know the price is holding steady and um, we've like you know the market share has increased mm-hmm. um, I regret to inform anyone who's invested for one particular reason we don't own Pokemon yeah <laughs> and their price dropped the next day because <laughs> yeah. people didn't realize people thought oh Pokemon Nintendo yeah exactly I'll invest I'll invest in Nintendo but they forget so Nintendo well, share it should have been them investing in like uh, Game Freak and the Pokemon Company, but yeah, or Niantic, or Niantic, yeah, which would have uh, ma- made you a shit ton of money if you invested in Niantic early. But I just found that so funny that yeah. they invested in it, and then Nintendo had to say, "You know, we don't own Pokemon, right?" And then loads of investors sold off their shares yeah. straight away because they realised, "Oh fuck, oh shit, I've just read the news." Yep. So which I found that funny, but yeah, it was just reading the Wikipedia article on... Do you know I want to bring it up now? Because I read it the other day for the article, but I don't think any... Oh, God, I've, I've got to move the sound cube. Oh, no. So if people are wondering how we record this, I just have, like, a microphone sat in front of me, but I have soundproofing in the office that I don't really put up because I couldn't figure out a way to attach it to the wall. <laughs> so what I did is I just have it stacked up, and when we record, I surround the microphone with the soundproofing to just make what I call the sound cube. So here we go, Pokemon Go. Like, this is amazing. Obviously, we've got the gameplay here. We don't care about that. Development, who gives a fuck? Regional availability, who cares? Right? Yeah. We've got the commercial response here because like, it's it's a bit dry, but trust me, it gets better. So investors were buoyed by the response to the initial release of Pokemon Go on July 7th. Nintendo's share price rising by an initial 10%. By July 14th, shares had rose as high as 50%, despite Nintendo only owning a 32% stake in the Pokemon company and an undisclosed stake in Niantic. Nintendo's market share increased by 9 billion US dollars within five <laughs> days of the release of Pokemon Go. The trend continued for more than a week after the game's release, and the stock price of the stock value of Nintendo more than doubled as compared to pre-release. Turnover sales reached a record-breaking 703.6 billion yen, about $6.6 billion, and trading of the stock accounted for a quarter of all trades on the Tokyo Stock Exchange. The Financial Times believe that investors were speculating not on Pokemon Go as such, but on Nintendo app releases being as successful as the company moved more into the mobile market, an area they were historically reluctant to enter in the belief it would cannibalize its portable console video game sales. Mm -hmm. Uh, But... but here we go, though, though. So by July 22nd, Nintendo had gained 1.8 trillion yen, 17.6 billion in market capitalization since the game's launch. However, following clarification from Nintendo that the company did not make Pokemon Go or, or had any tangible financial gains from it, so that not only did they not own it, they weren't making any money from it. Yep. 
Because they only have the right... Obviously, they make money from the games they release, mm-hmm. from the Game Boy and stuff, but they don't make any money from Pokemon Go. Um, its stock fell by 18%, equating to a 700 billion yen, or $6.7 billion loss in market value in a <laughs> oh, single God. day. This was the single largest day decline for Nintendo since the 1990s, <sighs> and the maximum one-day exchange of finances allowed on the Tokyo Stock Exchange. The maximum think- amount... But it's one of those things to stop people from like basically from companies crashing overnight. Yeah, yeah. It's like if your value, you, I think there's a limit on how much value your stock can gain or lose in a single day. Yeah, to, to stop, stop it basi- disappearing. To stop, to stop the Dark Knight Rises happening. <laughs> it's <laughs> almost as if there's uh, some preventative measures for that happening, Carl. But I'm just saying, isn't that amazing? Oh yeah, that I is. think N- Nintendo shouldn't have caught like you know if investors are stupid enough to put money in it. And not realise enough. I think they should have said, "Yeah, we love making Pokemon. Pokemon's great." And just kept <laughs> going, right? But here's where we go. Because obviously, we've got all this other stuff. Critical response, it was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, downloads and revenue, it's fucking ridiculous. It made. Uh, here we go. Right, some of these statistics are quite funny. Uh, it was downloaded 10 million times in a week of release. The fastest app to do so: 15 million global downloads in two days. Uh, blah, blah, blah. It was the most active mobile game in the United States with 21 million active users uh, the day after it released. Oh, my uh, God. It was played 1.3 million times in the first three hours it was released in Japan. Um, it made $100 million in a month. Like, oh, crazy. Well, here we go. Community and cultural impacts. This is where shit gets fucking hilarious. <laughs> right. The game was referred to as a social media phenomenon, which has brought together... Uh, brought people together from all walks of life. And I think that's fair. Because mm-hmm. the day after it came out, or like, I think the week it came out, we were at your house, weren't we? Around that, yeah. Around that week and or so. It was actually insane. Because uh, we walked to the centre of Liverpool and literally every single person we saw was on their phones playing Pokemon Go. Yeah, every single the, person without Every it. single person. Now, I remember as well, um, just in work, like, when the game came out in like Australia or something, people were getting like yeah. People were like, Australia. "Oh, here's the like workaround to be able to download the version from Australia." So yeah. like, people were playing it days early because they could like find different download links and stuff. So I went to um, Europe. Mm. I was in Europe as Pokemon Go got released, and I didn't really play it much. I played obviously like, the first week it came out, and then I kind of dropped off. While I was in Europe, it was just amazing. Walking around like cities where I could not speak the language. Yeah, I had like no attachment to this area. I had no like link to it. But every now and again, I hear someone say Charizard <laughs> or Pokemon. Because like we were in a park, yeah. just chilling, having a beer, and suddenly like a crowd of like forty people just ran across <laughs> the thing, and we thought, "What's going on?" It's like it's a it's a something a crime. And went, oh, no, and I went to my mate, put your phone up. I went what? Bring up Pokemon Go. And he did, and there was like a Vaporeon or some shit. Yeah. And that's yeah. what they're chasing. Because do you remember that video that came out? Because I say Vaporeon, it probably wasn't, but the video in the very first week it came out where there was a Vaporeon spotted in Central Park in New York. Yep. And people literally just got out of their cars and just walked <laughs> over. Like people left there, they abandoned their cars. Like it was a fucking like, post apocalyptic zombie movie. It's like the start <laughs> of The Walking Dead. People just got out of their cars and walked into the middle and crashed the servers. It was great. So, Carl, on a little... uh, Okay, sorry. On a little side note, I don't want to get into this all in the middle of talking about Pokemon, but I saw a video on Twitter today of uh, 
Times Square in New York. And I don't know if you've seen it or not, but basically, um, a motorcycle backfired and caused basically all of Times Square to run in panic and fear. Oh, yeah, I saw that, yeah. Yeah. And Ameri- America, get your fucking shit together, please. But anyway, let's talk about Pokemon. Yeah, I, I want to go, go back there. <laughs> you know, this is this is more interesting. No, it's actually, it's not more interesting, but it's probably funnier. Yep. All right. Just America, get your shit sorted. Please. It's really bad. It's not great. But, all right, so we've got that. So 231 million people engaged in 1.1 billion interactions that mentioned Pokemon Go on Facebook and Instagram in the month of July. The Jesus month it was released. Christ. Numerous media outlets refer to the popularity as Pokemon Go Mania, or simply Pokemania. The massive popularity of the game resulted in several unusual positive effects, and this is where shit gets really interesting. Mm-hmm. For example, the game enabled players to help catch criminals and to report crimes in progress, and even aided law enforcement's community relations, albeit with caveats. Or caveats. Caveats, yeah. And do you know what that caveat is? Because um, this is what I included in the article. Oh, okay. It was pe- people going to police stations, which were poker stops. And asking to come inside. Oh no! To use the poker stop, and I think fire um, stations had people calling nine one one. It's like, oh, what do you need? Oh, I'm outside the fire station. I can't get in. There's a Pokemon inside. Oh no! <laughs> like the firemen are like, what the fuck are you doing? Please leave. And they were like stood outside the doors. Oh no! And uh, we can get to that in the criticism and incidents bit, but I just thought that was really funny that people are like calling nine one one. It's like, what is it? There's a Pikachu inside the station. <laughs> Can I catch it, please? Please let oh. me go get the Pikachu. Right, so, businesses also benefited from the nearby presence of poker stops, or them being poker stops themselves, mm-hmm. with a concomitant influx of people. That's a that's a cool word, concomitant. Have you ever heard that word before? I've not, you know. I've not. You know what? Let's Google that. That's a cool word, and I want to use it more in conversation. Oh, na- it means naturally accompanied or associated. Oh, okay. So, an example is she loves travel with all its concomitant worries. Oh, so, right, we've okay. all learned a new word today in addition to some shit about Pokemon. Yeah, and the intense ex- Yeah, and the intense exploration of communities has brought local history to the forefront. So that was a good one, wasn't it? There's a lot of like local art pieces, like murals and things that mm. were made poke stops. Yeah, yeah. So, I know the first week it was released, like when we were wandering around Liverpool, we were like, what is this? And yeah. we click it and we go walk towards it to see what it was. I'm like, oh, that's a cool piece of art. Yeah, that's, that's one, like that one really cool thing. Like one cool side effect that Pokemon Go has, I think, is like bringing out landmarks within either your own cities or whatever city you're in or whatever. Yeah, because like, you see all that. I okay. walk past plenty of these things without really paying attention to them. And then I was playing on Pokemon Go and clicking on it and going, oh, yeah, that's cool. Like, and going over and having a look at it and stuff. Yeah, and... Um... The one that I like is when I went to Leeds. Hmm. Do you know what is a what was a poker stop? Go on. I'm not sure if you have you been to Leeds? Uh, a couple of times, yeah. Right, have you seen the big riding? No. Okay, so for the release of Metal Gear Rising Revengeance, yeah. they painted a giant um Raiden on the side of a building. Oh cool. As a piece of like, you know, um, promotional material. Mm-hmm. But they've never taken it down because no one else has paid to paint anything on the side of the <laughs> So they've kept it up. Yeah. And obviously, it's I forget what's the Metal Gear artist's name. Oh, he's really fa- the guy who does like the really he does all the art for Metal Gear though. It's all like the really... box art and stuff and all the promotional yeah. material. So it's, it's yeah. that, and it's on the side of his pub, and that was a poker stop. Like fucking two right, it is. <laughs> yeah. Like six years after it's released, it's still on the side of his building, and people think it's just like modern art, and it's like no, it's from a video game. I mean, it's just essentially, that video game. it is modern art. It's so. sick, horse. Yeah, it's just that obviously. 
rather than being a shitty poster. Yeah. It's like a really cool, well-designed piece of art that looks really awesome and striking. And it, to my knowledge, it's still there. But I've not been to Leeds in about a year and a half, so maybe they'll take you it. You know out. what? Next time I go Leeds, Carl, I can go check it out for you. Yeah, it's right outside the train station. Um, also, the, just for clarification, uh, the artist's name is Yoji Shinkawa. That's it, yes. He does all the art. I, I, I want to get that guy's art book. There is like the Metal Gear art book, but it's like $150 or something. It's that much? It's, it's, it's crazy expensive. Like while I was in LA, I wanted to get the... Um, while I was at Anime Expo, I saw the Final Fantasy one. It's like uh, called okay, Life, yeah. and it's, it's art from every Final Fantasy game up to like 14 or something, and it's like 120 quid. And I was so tempted, but it's so big and heavy, I thought I won't get this through um, security. So I don't know if this is the full thing, but like the art of Metal Gear Solid 1 through 4 is like £40-ish, £30, £40. Not too bad. I think it was a big collection of it. Maybe it, it was just overpriced because I was at Anime Expo. Well, that's what I was thinking. Ha- is if you're seeing, highly likely. Yeah, if you're seeing Anime Expo prices, like half that... <laughs> Okay, fair enough. In which case, I might have a look for that, because I do like art books. Mm. And I did go through like a trend of collecting them, but I like buying art books for stuff that shit. Joe's stuff that they clearly thought was good at the time. And oh, never, okay, yeah. Anyway. Like, I've got the um, behind-the-scenes making of guide for Jurassic Park 2. Oh, no. <laughs> because obviously, people give a shit about Jurassic Park 1. No fucker cares about Jurassic Park 2. Apart from so I want to get that. It. Yes, so I wanted to get stuff like that. And I've got one for, I think, the 2014 Godzilla movie. Oh, okay. Which is very interesting because what do you, if you get an art book about Godzilla, what do you want to be in that art book? Oh, no. Don't. You want it to be, you want it to be Godzilla, don't you? Uh, yeah. There is, about, there is one chapter dedicated to Godzilla. There are three <laughs> chapters dedicated to the generic, nondescript mutos in that movie. Like Brian Cranston. Yeah. And also, yeah, there's an entire chapter dedicated to like Brian Cranston and like, <laughs> Taylor Johnson. I, I just wanted the entire art book to just be Brian Cranston. Yeah, Brian Cranston and Godzilla. That's all <laughs> I give a fuck about. And it's like, no, they don't you like the Mutos, though? It's like, not really, now. Is that all like the um, the extra ones, the Godzilla fights and stuff? Yes. Yeah. Like the ones that basically are shit. The ones that terrible. aren't Mothra. Yes. Just <laughs> the shit ones. The thing is, it's a really well-presented book. It's just, And it's got this really nice fold-out where it shows you all the designs they went through for Godzilla. Oh, okay. And it shows, like, oh, um, we wanted... And that we basically profiled that of an eagle because they said an eagle has a very, like, distinctive, noble profile. Mm-hmm. And we tried to give just, like, Godzilla just this inherent nobility to his look. So he looks like a king because he's supposed to be the king of the monsters. Yeah, yeah. And I like that, and I like reading all the behind-the-stuff for that. And it's like, but look at these mutos, though. It's like, I don't give a fuck. As much I as... I don't um... care... Like, I haven't seen the, the second, like, the new Godzilla the film and whatever. Is, well, do you know what? We can do a quick review of it now. Go on. I recommend it, but it does something that I fucking hate. Okay. In movies, and they blow their load way too early. Ah, uh, right. Because when you've, in the first Godzilla movie, obviously they tried to make, like the 2014 American one, they tried mm-hmm. to make it their own thing. So yeah. So they didn't play the original Godzilla theme song. Mm-hmm. Or if they did, I didn't notice it, and it must be like you know mixed in with their theme song. Yeah, yeah. Sure. In the new one, Godzilla: King of Monsters, they do play the theme song, but they play it halfway through the movie. <sighs> and then what happens is Godzilla gets knocked down, and then Joe you know, from the be- the the best moment in the 2014 one, where he stands up and he starts glowing. Oh yeah, yeah. And then he obviously fires the beat. They do that, and he stands up. And he starts glowing, and they play his theme song. And you're like, fucking Godzilla's going to kick some ass. Mm. And then he gets knocked down again. Oh. And then they play the theme song again, like, half an hour later, and he gets knocked down again. 
And then at the end, obviously, he powers up one more time and wins. But by that point, you've lost the hype. Yeah, yeah. It should be because saved that, for that last moment where he finally it, like powers up enough. Yeah, and it reminds me a lot of um, James Bond. Because do the, the iconic James Bond, like, da-da, da-da, oh, yeah, da-da. Yeah. What they do is um, they put one of them in every movie. Hmm. What they do is they edit the movie, they put it all together, they put the music in, and then what they do is they sit down... And they go through and say, what moment in the film deserves that stick? What is that James Bond moment? Yeah, and they say, we can only put it in once, maybe twice, if you're trying to be, like, you know, a bit ballsy. Mm. And they say, you put it in once because if you keep using it, it's going to cheapen it. So it has to be the best moment of the film. It has to be, the, like I said, the James Bond moment. Yeah. And I thought, yeah, if they'd done that with this, like, you are, the theme is so good, but you get to use it once. You can't just continuously use it over and over. Because it's yeah, it's like using a super move. Yeah. Like every time you use it, it diminishes in effectiveness. Mm-hmm. And as much as I love that movie, and as much as I love Godzilla, and as cool as it was to see, that really took me out of it and pissed me off. Because you can tell why they're doing it. They're doing it to like get your hype. But I know I'm looking at my phone, so I'm 40 minutes in. Godzilla's not winning this fight. <laughs> I know that he's gonna die. It's like for, oh, I know he's gonna get his ass kicked, and like he's gonna come back later in the movie. It's what really annoys me about films like that, and what I kind of like stopped going to see a lot of them for is just following such a similar pro- plot structure to any other action movie. Is like, oh, of course I know exactly what's happening because it's 40 minutes into the film. And but like that moment is hype, and it was just completely deflated when I went. He's not going to win. Yeah, you want that moment. Like as much as I've shit on the 2014 one, the moment where you think Godzilla's dead, mm-hmm. and you just see the clouds, and in the background you see the lights, and it just highlights the silhouette of Godzilla, and you're like, fucking yes. As much as the first like hour, hour and a half of that film just drags. Yeah, yeah. the, the ending moment, is worth it. I watched that like the day it came out in the cinema in IMAX mm. and it was palpable in the cinema. Like you could feel everybody do the exact same thing when they all just like move that inch forward on their seat <laughs> as you heard. Because the sound in the cinema is amazing. Mm. It's just like the wah, 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 like, the power up noise. He's going super <laughs> saiyan. It's like, so good, so good. And then they do it like three times Yeah, and it ruins it. You can do it once, you get one of those. And I've always, I always go back to the James Bond thing because I remember seeing an interview with the sound designer saying, yeah, you get one James Bond moment. Mm. And we sit down and it's one of the biggest arguments on set about when they put that sting in. But it should be. like It should be, a, a, a big deal and B, like, an argument. Like, obviously, some people would argue that it's saved for the perfect James Bond moment. Some people would argue it needs to be used, like, during, you know, the third act, during, like, the climax of the movie. Yeah. And... I, I could well, understand that, why, because obviously in that Godzilla movie, they decided, oh, there's three moments worthy of it, but that just actually cheapens it. Because you only want to hear it used once. It's like um, another one, is like the Power Rangers movie, mm. where they spent the entire movie trying to like you know, shift away from the original oh, like yeah, the TV yeah. show, the camp of it, by making it serious. Because um, a reason I really dislike that movie is because um, the original like TV mm. show, obviously yeah. the reason that they never take the helmets off, is because it was Japanese actors underneath. Yeah, because it was all of the action shots were the Japanese Super Sentai shots. and then well, they also, they There's also a thing that they said. Um, every kid has their favourite Power Ranger. Mm. 
So the reason they wear all the helmets during the fight scenes, it's like, uh, so that means any kid can pretend to be any Power Ranger. Yes. They're faceless. It's similar like Spider-Man. Any kid can imagine themselves as Spider-Man because you wear the completely body-obscuring scene. You have no idea who's underneath there. Mm-hmm. And in the Power Rangers movie, every fight scene when they're talking to each other, they take the masks come up like Iron Man. Oh, yeah, the yeah. They have, like, the inside it. shot of it. Yeah. Or the face just comes up so you can see their face. It's like, the point oh, right. is, you are supposed to be, like, something for kids to put themselves into so they can pick their favourite Power Ranger. And now you're trying to make it, oh, for fuck's sake. Well, it's like, for and example, film, I always oh, found it funny because in Power Rangers, going back to, like, the um, original, like, American TV show, they actually use like the Japanese shot where the Yellow Ranger was a man. Yeah, it's so they've got a big, huge dick bulge. Yeah, but they don't have a skirt on. They have a big old dick bulge, but they were still able to get away with just going, oh, yeah, it's a girl if you want to be. Right. Yeah, that's the thing as well, because obviously they're wearing a completely face and body of skirt. Like they're wearing a full face mask, and that's one of the reasons I loved it. And the reason I bring this up with the Godzilla thing is because they tried to have their cake and eat it too, where they was trying to say, oh, no, it's not campy like the original. Mm. Right, this is not the Power Rangers from the TV show, but they play the theme song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they play the theme song for literally five seconds <laughs> as they all explode out of the mountain. Oh, uh, yeah. And that's it. And it's like, no, so it's you the either moment use where they get it, the Megazord, isn't it? Yeah. Either use it or don't. Yeah. Be your own... And it's like you're simultaneously trying to cash in on the nostalgia while ignoring the nostalgia, mm-hmm. or like, while not not leaning into it enough. Like, um, we talked about it last week, didn't we, with the X-Men? Oh, yeah, yeah. You want to make reference to the comics while simultaneously pretending you're better than the comics. And cooler than them. By, by not having the costumes from the comics yeah. and then joking about it. But you also want people who are fat. It's, it's a whole thing. So let's continue on our poker go journey. <laughs> We're not even halfway through, mate. Right. So, in addition to obviously bringing place of local history to the forefront, the game was also seen bringing its players to places of worship, as many po- many poker gyms were churches, mosques, mm. um, I forget what's the, um, temples, that sort of thing. Yeah. And the intense exploration of, oh no, sorry, and it, this was received positively by religious groups as sort of reminding adherents to come and pray. Some establishments <laughs> considered purchasing laws in the game in addition to, uh, to attract additional players there. <laughs> Which I think is good. Because obviously it's talking about like stores and stuff. But I'm now thinking of a priest trying to go to his diocese and explain to the bishop, I need money to buy Pokemon laws. <laughs> Every Sunday morning they just drop a law at the church. And it works. The thing is though, it was supposed to be a law for Pokemon, but they were laws for people. Oh, yeah. I saw a, in that first week, if I saw a poker law, I didn't care if it was in the sketchiest part of my city. Yeah. I would go there to see what was going on. That's the thing is, because you, you can scroll outwards on the map, you can scroll out to see, like, a few blocks away from you. And yes. I just say, it doesn't matter where you're going. If there's a poker lore over that way, you just walk. You should did go. Did you hear that as well? Like, obviously, we're talking about the positives here, but did you hear that criminals were doing that? Oh, shit, really? Criminals were dropping poker laws, and when people come up, they're just stealing people's phones. I Which, mean, it, as horrible say, as that is... It's pretty it's, fucking... It's a quite a clever is, idea. It is, yes. And obviously, one of the things that we didn't mention earlier is when it says it was reporting crimes in progress, mm-hmm. and there was also a lot of crimes caused by Pokemon Go, because obviously everyone's holding their phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So criminals knew that. you There's walk up, and it's crime of opportunity, isn't it? Mm-hmm. To steal someone's phone when it's in their hand. And there were cases of people dropping Pokemon laws and then robbing people who came oh, to get no. Pokemon, which is like... It's, like, that's a very Team Rocket... If they wore a Team Rocket outfit as they did it, I'd kind of forgive it. <laughs> well, so all, all criminals are dickheads, so let's move on. Yep. 
but within a week of release, a secondary market emerged for the game, both for the resale of high-level accounts on Craigslist and mm-hmm. for the sale of expert advice. Expert wow. advice. Yeah. Did I ever tell you when I... I'm so annoyed that I didn't buy it because I think it's like two quid in HMV and it was basically in the first month that oh, Pokemon yeah. Go was out. I remember this. Some guy wrote a Pokemon Go guide which obviously is now hilariously out of date because the game's been updated yeah, yeah. several times. But I thought, I respect it for being the first one to do it. And one of the sections in it was how to meet women playing Pokemon Go. <laughs> I am not kidding. I'm so annoyed that I didn't buy it. I do not want to look it up see if it's still about. And I'll buy it and we'll read it out on the next podcast. Oh, yeah. It's fucking it. hilarious. So it's Pokemon Go guide. Um, shopping, here we go. Yes, it's here. It's uh, seven quid on Amazon. You know I think what? that's it. I think that's a worthy investment. No, it was. Oh wait, there's one on. I, I need to buy the earliest one. I'll buy the earliest one. I'll see what we can do. I'll have a look at getting it for the next podcast because there's a bit in it. It's like how to meet women playing Pokemon Go, and it's just you can tell whoever farted this out was like copy pasting everything they found online, <laughs> rewording it to try and get it into thing, and then just writing whatever shit came into their head to get it to like eighty pages. And you know what? They made the money. And you know what's funny? I um. The second thing that I found when I was trying to find this is all I've seen so far is the the headline Poker Match, the Tinder for Pokemon Go users (laughs) will help you catch a girlfriend. I will say that I didn't do this, but I know of a few people who did go on dates Mm -hmm. just walking around parks playing Pokemon Go. Well, fair enough. So I'm not going to say it wasn't a tool that was useful for, you know, Helping people make social connections, yeah, yeah. romantic. It's just the book itself is so funny. Yeah, as you can tell, this guy did not give a fuck, and they wrote it. It's written <laughs> in such a cringy way. I wish I got it. But anyway, like uh, wireless provider T-Mobile US started an offer for free data for a year for Pokemon Go sessions, and you know what? That will probably be a really useful thing. Yeah, it would be, so, especially back a few years that. ago where it wasn't as common. My phone contract, I get unlimited data, but only for Spotify. Oh really? The thing is though, yeah, but I can that means I can use Spotify as much as I want, including downloads. Oh okay. It was a yeah. Fucking lifesaver when I was like flying to America. Yeah, because the main and reason I, I, um, I got an upgrade to like my data in the first place was because of Spotify, to be fair. But it's one of those things where that's a good thing, and you know what? I don't and again, another boom to a diff apparently economy had nothing to do with Pokemon Go. Yeah. Um we've got this one, yeah. Um Yelp added a filter that only showed businesses that had a poker stop nearby. (laughs) National parks across the United States are an influx of visitors due to the game with hundreds or thousands of people, that's a quote, visiting the National Mall Memorial Parks in Washington, D.C. on the weekend following Pokemon Go's release. Small museums with Pokemon stops, or poker stops, placed at exhibits, also reported increased attendance, such as the McKay Art Museum in San Antonio, Texas, uh, the Morikami Museum in the Japanese Gardens, and Bokaratan in Florida. Charity organizations also saw engagements from players with animal shelters offering dog walks to people who wanted to hatch eggs. See, that's that where nice? I want to be. Yeah, that's what I mean. Look at that. Like, th- again, this is a fucking game for a phone. Like, listen to all the stuff <laughs> we've done. We're not done yet. Um, Eduardo P.S., uh, the then mayor of Rio de Janeiro, um, expressed public hope, uh, uh, expressed publicly that he hoped the app would be released in Brazil for the start of the 2016 Olympics in the city, and it was. Oh, well. And the United States presidential candidates Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton both mentioned the app during their election campaigns. 
In late July 2016, during a public address, the president of Italy, Sergio Mattarella, compared a political issue about the date of an incoming referendum as preposterous as the hunt for Pokemon. <laughs> Shortly after the game's release, uh, Bellator mixed martial artist Michael Page celebrated a knockout of his match against Evangelista Santos by putting on a red Ash Ketchum-like hat and rolling a prop Pokeball in Santos's direction. <laughs> oh! It's so good. Like, we're not done yet. We're not done. We've got more. The game was credited for popularising AR, so that's augmented reality, I believe, mm-hmm. is it? Yeah, it is. And was praised by gender-fluid groups for letting players choose a style instead of a gender. I didn't even know that was a thing. But now I think about it, yeah, they just said... They never specifically says, are you a boy or a girl, does it? You just pick what you want to be. I think it just, are you, like... Do you look like a female or male? Yeah, so it's whatever you think. You know mm-hmm. what? That's something I didn't even notice, but I'm glad that there are people out there who saw a benefit to it. Yeah, exactly. The game also had a positive impact on individuals with autism, although it doesn't really go into um, uh, How any details it? about this. Mm-hmm. There are some articles linked, though. Uh, I think it's more just like it gives them maybe some, like the social interaction, the structure or whatever, but you know what? Good for them as well. The, yeah. Oh, it is a good one. The Pokemon theme from the animated series saw a 630% increase in listeners on Spotify <laughs> during the month of the game's release. Meanwhile, streaming services such as Hulu increased an increased viewership of the Pokemon series and films. Nintendo reported that sales of 3DS Pokemon games rose as a result of popularity. A Twitch TV, uh, a Twitch TV channel, Twitch Plays Pokemon Go, was created to mimic... Uh, the crowd played Pokemon Twitch Plays Pokemon Channel, which is good, which we talked about before, mm-hmm. allowing viewers to direct a virtual avatar in the game using an iPhone Pro to spoof its location. Niantic uh, later issued a permanent ban to those who cheated using that method. Because I had a mate who did that. It's a bit harsh of them to retroactively ban people, but... Yeah, my friend, though, he was one of those sad acts who he had, like, a... He bought a second phone. Oh, really? And spoofed his location on it, so he yeah. could, like, you know, catch water Pokemon... When he wasn't going, it's like it, as well that cracked me up because the whole point of it was to explore, explore your environment, go see new things, and I mean, that's yeah. such a positive thing to put out there. And people circumvent it. Oh fuck that! I'm going to catch Pokemon from my bedroom. Well, it's like they, um, sp- they spent money to avoid walking. Similar to kind of back in the day with Wii Sports, everyone would find any single imaginable way possible to avoid like getting up off your sofa to yeah. like throw an imaginary bowling ball. Yeah, even though like the it's supposed to be... Yeah, I remember that for like, the eye toy and stuff. You yeah. always figure out what's the easiest way I can get the most points without moving. Yeah, yeah. But mate, we're getting on to the best one now because Pokemon-themed pornography increased in popularity after the release of the game. Oh. X-Hamster, an adult video streaming website that I'm sure no one I'm talking to has heard of before, reported <laughs> that within five days of release, Pokemon-related terms were the most searched for videos. Oh, no. Another adult streaming website, Pornhub, which again I've never heard of, reported that Pokemon-related searches spiked 136%. <laughs> Pokemon Go was spoofed by Maroon 5 in Doctor Who and um, in The Simpsons. Uh, yeah, in the, in the 28th theory. I the want to see Doctor Who spoofing it. <laughs> It was, yeah, it's um, in the return of Dr. Mysterio. The doctor creates a distraction by flooding the downstairs with Pokemon, causing people to run off with their cell phones. <laughs> <laughs> Presumably where they all got mugged by criminals with the same idea. <laughs> oh, man, this is the best one, though. Like, we're getting better now. Um, in addition to standard gameplay, the game's had several in-game live events. Oh, man, do you remember like, the, the clusterfuck that was the first Pokemon? The GoFest in you like Chicago or something. Yeah, do you want to tell this story? Because this is fucking brilliant. Because there's not much detail here, it just tells you it's a thing. So, I mean, I've not looked into it too much, but I know, like, the 
top level of what happened. Um, so when, went wrong. I think it was like the first big, like big Pokemon Day like community event, which was put on by Niantic. Yeah, it was um, in a big uh, like national park, I believe, in Chicago, I think. Um, and they sold tickets for this, and people travelled across the US, and oh, yeah. probably some, some people, people flew in. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Um, so people travelling across countries to come play this. Um, and it was just a big, like, a basically festival to celebrate Pokemon Go. Yeah, it's like, come play Pokemon Go. And you'd get exclusive Pokemon within the park, and anyone outside the park like wasn't be- meant to be able to gain access to these Pokemon and mm-hmm. stuff. And then, because they flooded one place with so many people, everybody's mobile data wouldn't work. Yeah. Like, at all. Yeah. But one of my favourite parts about that story is that the official went on stage and advised people to go outside. Yeah. It's like, you've paid money to get to this event, and the, there's a guy from the company saying, please leave. Please leave the park that you've paid to enter. The people outside who haven't paid to get in are getting a better connection to Pokemon yeah. Go than you are. And the worst oh thing God. was, there were people standing just outside the park that were getting access to the exclusive Pokemon within. Yeah, and they didn't pay to get out. Oh, so good. And um, so basically, yeah, they had like a big stage um, where a couple of different spoke pe- spokespeople from Niantic got up and had conversations. Um, because the game Every wasn't working, game. everyone kept asking that, "Why is the game not working?" Instead of going, "Oh, like let's celebrate Pokemon Go," the entire like little um, guess Ooh, press nice. conference kind of setup was just greeted with everybody chanting, "Fix this game." <laughs> My favourite bit was, though, like, just the balls on the guy from the company. Who drew the short straw that day? Oh, yeah. Because clearly the guy who went on stage that day is like, you're eating a shit sandwich. <laughs> like, at some point in your career, you've got to eat a shit sandwich. And I'm sorry, but today's your turn. So and he went on stage and he fucking took it. One thing I've heard is that, um, like, the network providers basically said after the fact, oh, Niantic did not inform us of this event. Yeah, and if they did, we could have obviously and we prepared could have, for it. Yeah, we could have prepared and made sure that that one area had like a much stronger network. But it's because they mind, just yeah. went, oh, we don't need to prepare for this, and just threw hundreds of thousand people in a park. 20, it's 20,000 people turned up, obviously. They, uh, yeah, there was 20,000 tickets oh, yeah, available yeah. for it, and they sold out within half an hour, and presumably more people went. Yeah, so yeah. bear in mind, cell towers will go down if like a hundred people call the fire department at the same time, <laughs> which is like a huge issue with these things. Mm-hmm. Like 20,000 people are logging on at one. It's like if everyone in a hotel flushed the toilets at the same time. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's like, not, um, it's if you've ever tried ish. to, if you ever tried to send a text on like new years, like yeah, as it hits midnight, it. everything just shuts down. But, oh man, that's so good. Um, and we should yeah. point out as well. They did. Um, everyone who bought a ticket was reimbursed and they got a hundred dollars of in-game currency. Of in-game currency. Yeah. I'm not yeah, sure. And, like, if the tickets were reimbursed as well? It says here, yes. Everybody, oh, okay. it says, Niantic did say they were going to refund everybody and give them the thing. I'm not sure if they did, but mm. presumably there would be an update here saying they didn't. It does mention that around two dozen people filed a suit against Niantic to get travel reimbursement. Yeah, because people were spending like hundreds of dollars on like travel and accommodation for it as well. Yeah. I'm, sh- I'm sure that's uh, they got that sorted. Probably, if they didn't, yeah. I'm sure they don't play the game anymore. It reminds <laughs> me a lot of... Do you ever see, like, TumblrCon or whatever it was? Well, this happens a lot. Like, the Fire Festival was obviously the king. 
Oh, yeah. Nothing will ever top the Fire Festival. And if people don't know that, it was like this huge music festival. It was like $12,000 a ticket upwards. Some people paid. It was meant to be like a luxury VIP festival on like a private island and shit like this. But That's another Wikipedia page I recommend. You know what? We can go on to that one afterwards. It's so fucking good. <laughs> that was my a, favorite. There's two documentaries um, about yeah. like how bad that was. I saw it um, like when it was break going down in real time. Mm. I was on Twitter because it was just so. It was one of those things like the Schadenfreude of just watching this go down. Yeah, it was yeah. so funny. And my favorite thing was people going into like forums and Twitter posts, making shit up, just saying like, "Oh, has anyone noticed? There's a lot of feral dogs on the horizon oh, looking no. at us and stuff like that." I was like, "Does anyone know where my girlfriend is? Oh, she no. went out to get some water and now she's missing." Oh god! No, so that's not. But it's just the idea that like, people were saying stuff like, "Oh yeah, there's like feral dogs roaming yeah, outside, yeah. eating people." It's like, could this get worse? But, right, but mate, that's all well and good. But that's not. That's not to say if I know we've got to the we still got to cover the criticisms and incidents part because Pokemon Go was not all positive. Like, oh yeah, I was worst thing there. A lot of crimes Bo- and stuff. Boom to the economy. Um, the app was criticised for using locations such as cemeteries and memorials. To catch Pokemon, yeah. and obviously that's a result of they obviously put it on Google. They use it's very clear they've got Google Maps, and every point of interest became a Pokestop. Yeah, yeah. And they didn't think to go through and like you know check off. Okay, maybe we should check off like you know make sure that the Auschwitz Birkenau State Museum <laughs> isn't a fucking Pokestop because Auschwitz was a Pokestop, and you could catch Pokemon there. Yeah, and as was the United States Holocaust Memorial Museum. And the National September 11th Memorial Museum, Arlington National I mean, Cemetery, Anzac War Memorial, and the Hiroshima Peace Memorial. <laughs> I could, I could kind of understand how they didn't go through and manually like check off every single place with a cemetery, but yeah, when but it's like Auschwitz, Auschwitz, yeah, that's the one, <laughs> like that's the one. memorial and stuff like this. They're the ones that you think you think Google that first. Yeah, yeah we've got that. Uh, the game's distribution of Pokestops and gyms, uh, derived from portals in Ingress, blah, 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 was noted to be sparser in many minority neighbourhoods in, in a reflection of American demographics. I Ooh. did not know that. I mean, I knew about, like, obviously rural areas having a that's lot the, less That's the next bit here, yeah, rural. Because I lived, uh, when I was out in the countryside, you think, there's more Pokemon in the countryside? There's fucking not. There's <laughs> there's like, it's like, why am I catching Hypnos in the city and I'm catching, like, one Pidgey? It's like I was getting one Pidgey per day. It's, like, fucking great. Because Thank it you. was obviously, as you say, like, autofill landmarks. So rural areas generally don't have many landmarks. It's quite sparse. Yep. Whereas cities, every, like, 30 steps you take, there's one. And then we've got police departments in various countries issued warnings, some tongue-in-cheek, regarding inattentive driving, trespassing, and be targeted by criminals due to being unaware of one's surroundings. Mm-hmm. And there were so many of them. Oh, I know okay. so many people who were driving in their car while catching Pokemon. Yeah, that shit's bad. So fucking many. And they had to eventually implement things. If you go over 30 miles an hour, you can't catch Pokemon. It wasn't I even that. Dis- I think it was like even less. I think if, you, if you're traveling more than about... Like, 10 miles an hour, maybe? It comes up like, are you a passenger? Like, please do not play this fucking game while driving. I, I distinctly recall looking over at a mate as he was driving um, on the motorway, just bringing up his phone and playing Pokemon fucking Go. 
It's like, imagine what that looks like to the Pokemon from its perspective. Oh, God. A guy drives past at <laughs> 70 miles an hour, throws a Pokeball at it, hits it square in the melon, <laughs> and catches it. You know what? I think I'd respect that trainer forever. <laughs> it's like, hit and run with a Pokeball. It's like, oh, there's a Jigglypuff three miles up the road. Just nail it. And you get yeah. past. I mean, oh, yeah, man. if I was a Pokemon and someone... Managed to like drive past at 70 miles an hour and hit me square in the head, I'd be like, okay. Yeah, but here we go. In the state of New York, sex offenders are banned from playing the at while on parole. I didn't know that one. Wow. That's a, that's a very specific, I'm guessing not something, maybe it's because it goes near schools or kids use it or whatever. Uh, yeah, I think probably a lot of mate. children users and stuff. This is an amazing one. Bosnian players were warned to stay out of minefields left over from the oh, 1990s no. Bosnian War. Oh, <laughs> people were walking into minefields playing Pokemon Go. You know what? Fuck. Just poor Poker Gym right in the middle. Natural selection. Oh, God. I used to like the idea. I forget who it was who came up with it, but do you know they the legendaries? Yeah. Like you have to put the legendaries inside the most dangerous locations. Like they need to put like the t- in volcanoes is where you find a Moltres. Or yeah. if you want a Mewtwo, you've got to go to Area Fifty One. <laughs> it's like I like that idea. There's only one Mewtwo, and it's whoever gets into Area Fifty One first. Whichever oh, one man. Naruto runs the hardest. Oh man! In Russia, a 21-year-old video blogger called Ruslan Saklovsky was arrested on September 2016 for two months after playing Pokemon Go at church. And eventually what? received a suspended sentence um, of three and a half years for charges of blasphemy. People suffered various injuries and accidents related to the game. No shit. In Japan, the first accident occurred within hours of the game's release. <laughs> uh, the first death in Japan, a tribute to Pokemon Go, um, occurred in late August 2016 when a distracted driver playing the game hit and killed one woman and seriously injured another. Oh, the 39-year-old God. farmer did not notice the woman crossing a street and struck them with his truck. Um... The national Japan's National Police Agency said it was the 79th Pokemon Go-related accident in the country. On August 11th, a young girl in Cambodia was reportedly killed after being hit by a car while trying to capture Pokemon on a road. Oh, my God. There was also a Chinese-American who was shot dead while playing Pokemon Go, but I don't think that's fair to blame it on Pokemon Go. No. It's like he was just shot while he had it on his phone. That's like saying, oh, no, he was like, if you're shot on the toilet, is that a toilet-related thing? Yeah. Anyway, um, Cairo, it was described as a harmful mania. A Cossack leader declared that it smacks of Satanism, and Kuwait banned the game from government sites. Indian Asian officials deemed it as a security threat. And in Israel, the IDF banned the game from army bases out of security considerations. Oh, my God. Oh, have you ever heard that though? Like, there's so many like American like soldiers have been told off for using Instagram because obviously they leave the geotagging on their photos and it lets like you know ISIS know where the bases oh are. Oh my god! And at the same time, I think there was like a, a terrorist or like, an ISIS guy who posted a picture on Facebook with geotagging on it, and the U.S. military used it to launch a drone strike. Got it. <laughs> oh no! So you know what? If you're in the military, don't use your phone. Yeah, please probably don't, a... like, geotag your fucking location if you're in the army. It's probably go. In Thailand, um, Pokemon Go players were told to refrain from entering polling stations because they were just walking in and playing them. Uh, and they were asked... Uh, the Thai National Broadcasting Communications Commission intended to ask Niantic to remove Pokemon characters and Pokestops from locations such as government facilities, historic and religious sites, private property, as well as dangerous stops such as narrow footpaths and rivers. I think that's, you know... A fair enough thing to request. Yeah. I um I did see a lot of oh people like God. coming up like, Oh, um, you know, my house is a poker gym or poker soft and people won't stop like coming into my fucking property. Yeah, people were just walking through my front door and stuff like that. That's the one. Like um 
we missed the bit here. It was a specific bit about firefighters saying people just stood outside the firehouse and it's really fucking annoying. Yeah. Because obviously people are just in the way of the firehouse and we're trying to like, you know, solve or put out fires that are like, you know, solve it's, a fires. Literal risk. it's a literal risk to human life. Because they're trying to catch that Pikachu. Oh, God. <laughs> trying to catch yeah. a blaster is to help out with the fire call. It's like, so in conclusion, Pokemon Go was a fucking event that had both positive and negative implications for everybody. But holy shit, is that God. an adventure. Yeah, man. Like, just think about that. That's a game. Like, that shows the power of that franchise. You know what, though, Carl? They're the, you know, the original intent was... <laughs> Of Pokemon was to go out on an adventure, so you know it we've was. come full had, circle. And then you had people um, uh, buying multiple iPhones to spoof their location, so that we didn't have to travel. <laughs> Can you imagine that? That'd be like fucking if you're in the Pokemon world, send a drone out to just catch Pokemon. Well, you can't like, I love um, the one that's like all of the people who um, go and buy like bikes with multiple phone sockets, and then there's the. Um, like the grandpa in like Japan or something. I've seen him, yeah. And, and he's he got, got the bike hired, with like 40 iPhones on it. He got hired as like a spokesperson for a phone company, I think. Because he's he got so spotted playing like Pokemon Go on a bicycle with like nine different iPhones attached I've to his I've seen bike. him, yeah. Because his goal is to catch them all. Yeah. And with nine phones, how is he not? <laughs> uh, he's so fucking good. It's like, uh, I know as well that like, the sale of batteries increased. Oh, like um, it, it power banks. shit out of batteries. Yeah, the, they spiked over the course. Like basically, it's, it's so amazing to think that they just made this little game. That's not even that good. I mean, to be fair, it's like a, a decent it, game now. Been, but yeah, two years ago, but, yeah. yeah. If it'd been anything but Pokemon, it wouldn't think. But it's just the sheer nostalgia people had for that franchise. Just the power of Pokemon. It, yeah, it was carried on nostalgia alone. Well, it's and it was fucking amazing. Think about it. It was what released about. Um, 15 years also after like Pokemania was a widespread thing from like the games and Pokemon card trading so 15 years on a lot of the people who rode the original Pokemania are then just getting a wave of nostalgia for this Pokemon That's what I think it was yeah it was people I know people who were in like their 20 like my age like um, mid 20s at the time late 20s now Mm. and it was just yeah They'd not play, they'd not played video games in years, but they'd played Pokemon mm-hmm. and they'd watched the show. Yeah. And they were playing it. It's like, it's a fucking phenomenon. But, mate, we can't not go look at the fire. Because the fire festival one is an even be- better clusterfuck. So I think we've have we already talked about um, the TumblrCon. Uh, we haven't. Because the TumblrCon was fucking awesome. Uh, do you want to explain that? I have never it? heard of this, but before you explain it to me, okay. I think it's time for a break. All right, go for it, mate. So we will be back. We're back. I have got me fucking tango, mate. (laughs) He's gone for it. I'm hungover. I don't have sugar anymore, but I always keep at least one can of full sugar. I mean, just to clarify, when uh, people don't know, Monster Ultra is the one with like no sugar in it. Yes, I don't. I don't really. Have sugar you haven't just ploughed two cans of like just sugar. Oh, no, it's um, I always keep it because it's the perfect hangover cure. So I think same as like, I don't have sugar in my tea, but I always keep sugar in the house just for if I'm waking up and I need it. Because mm-hmm. I think it's like just sometimes it's like oh, I'm really feeling like shit today. It's a bit of sugar in my tea. It's like you know giving that sweetness to start my day. Fair enough. The reason I brought it up is because I don't think Americans will remember the Tango advert. 
since we're talking about stuff that got people in trouble. Do you remember that? Um, oh, a, a specific Tango advert. Do you not remember You've Been Tangoed? I remember many You've Been Tangoed adverts. Okay, so if for you as well, Lucas. And like this, all, I'll jog you, Hopefully it'll jog your memory as I talk about it. But yeah, for the uh, Tango, which I'm, I think it's like orange soda, I'm sure there's an equivalent in the United States. I'm not sure whether a, Tango is like just UK or whether it is. But yeah, they're just like... It different. says on here it's not owned by anybody. It's Britvic who owns it. Oh, okay, yeah. So, so it's not really, there's no American analog mm-hmm. for it. It's just orange soda. And they had a series of adverts in the UK that's all about you've been tangoed. Mm-hmm. One of the adverts for which showed someone walking up behind an unsuspecting person and slapping them very hard on both of their ears at the same time. So basically clapping either side of their head as oh, any God. of these ringing a bell. Do you not remember this? No, I don't remember that one. Okay, well basically... They had an advert where you'd walk, it was like, you've been tangoed, boom, double slap someone on both of their ears at the same time. Do you want to take a guess what happened almost immediately after that advert came out? I would imagine every fucking dickhead in the UK was walking around doing the same to people. Yeah, every single kid in school was suddenly going up to every ginger kid and going, you've been tangoed. And that's why I asked if you knew about it. Because you're a redhead. I mean, yeah, as a ginger person, I do not remember ever experiencing this. You know what? You are fucking lucky, mate, because there was a kid at our school who had it happen. And obviously, you're hitting someone the size of the ears. Where all the fluid that keeps your balance is? Like, it completely knocked him on his ass. Because obviously, they hit both his ears at the same time, completely unprovoked. And he went down like a sack of shit. I'm not surprised. And I remember they got in so much trouble for that advert. It's like, you can't put this on TV. No. I don't know who thought that was a fucking good idea. Yeah, so it almost seemed... It's like, um, I remember, it was ITV, I think, got, not sued, but they got told by Ofcom, which mm. is like, you know, um, basically the people in Britain who say, do not put this shit on television. Yeah, yeah. And they aired a special on happy slapping. Oh, God, yeah. And do you want to just describe happy slapping for the Americans out there? So happy slapping was a trend when video phones first became, like, uh, like cheap relatively cheap, like, widely available option. Yeah, when it became a ubiquitous object that most um, people had. So it was when, like, flip phones were still about. So it was still quite a while ago. Um, But all it would be is getting your camera up on your phone, starting a video, and just, like, first-person view recording you, like, running past someone and just twatting them on the side of the face, just slapping them as hard as possible. Yeah, I think in America they had something similar as a knockout game. Whereas mm. you walk up and try and knock someone out in one punch without Fucking knowing. hell. Yeah, there's a lot of like trends. But um, ITV, I remember it very distinctly because I'd never heard of Happy Slapping. I think it was about 11, 12 years old. Oh, okay. I had no idea what it was. They aired this like full half hour long special detailing how dangerous it is. Mm. And the next day at school, every single person was trying to Happy Slap every other person. <laughs> that sounds about so right. So obviously, because they announced it, oh, look at this cool thing all the kids are doing. It's dangerous. And then look at what these children are doing. Look at all these videos. Yeah. They play all the videos in it. And obviously, it's oh, a kid. No. Because kids laugh at anything to a dickhead. Yeah. It's hilarious. So the next day at school, everybody got happy slaps. And I remember IT got in so much trouble. Said, if you'd have not made this special, this would not have been an issue. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, man. It's like just irresponsible fucking advertising and TV, man. So the weird thing is, when you mentioned Tango, though, the only adverts I remember. Are just adverts of like tango or like orange juice and shit just being like poured over people, and that was like what Gatorade. you've been tangoed was. 
Yeah, no, originally it was they just slapped someone on either side of the head. Oh, sweet. It's, you've been tangoed. Maybe it wasn't an official... I distinctly recall that being a huge, big deal. Yeah, and yeah. And they got in so much trouble for advertising it. Oh, God. Well, it doesn't beat my favourite advert. I think it's an advert for the Mini. And I'll always remember it because it's just a guy driving down the road and he just gets a fish and just hits someone on the back of the head with oh, a big yeah. fish. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. Because that's so absurd, it's funny. I just remember that one. It's just, oh, guys, get this one. You just hit someone up back at head with a fish. And then the next day, everyone in school was trying to twat you with a giant <laughs> yeah. fish. You know what? If you've got the effort of getting a giant fish and slapping with it, I'll take that. Oh, man. And I recalled while I was in the bathroom, I did a little bit of phone sleuthing. It wasn't TumblrCon, it was DashCon. See, I've still never heard of that. Right, so you've got a choice now, Lucas. Would you like to discuss DashCon? Fire Festival. Because if you've not heard about DashCon, DashCon is a fucking adventure as well. I was going to say, to be fair, like, I've seen bits about, like, Fire Festival already. I heard about the documentaries and stuff. Okay. So I think that's a bit more widely available to find out about. I'd like to know about DashCon. Okay, so DashCon. uh, There's been a lot of these. I think it was a a TanaCon as well. Okay. There's a YouTuber. She set up her own festival Mm. and said, oh, yeah, it's going to be... I'm not going to do any planning for it. I'm not going to invite anybody. It costs $200, and it's sold out immediately. And then people were just wandering around the halls of this empty building. What? When nobody was. Do you remember that? The Tanacon as well. You know oh, what? Jesus That's Christ. another for another day. Let's go through Dashcon first. Dashcon yeah, let's do Dashcon. Again, I saw this go down live on like social media, and it was hilarious. Dashcon was a fan convention catering primarily to users of the blogging service Tumblr with a particular emphasis on fandoms, held over the weekends of July 11, 2014, in Schaumburg, Illinois. The inaugural convention quickly became infamous for allegations of mismanagement among organisers, an alleged abrupt demand by the hotel for an upfront payment of cash for use of facilities, and celebrity guests being forced to drop out of the convention after being informed by the hotel that they were responsible for paying for their, responsible for paying for their own rooms. A small ball pit placed in one of the halls became a meme after all organisers offered attendees, along with a raffle and concert tickets, an extra hour in it as reimbursement for a cancelled panel. The thing is, though, right now, Lucas, just type in Dashcon ball pit because you like it's the saddest thing you have ever seen. Because is it just like the tiniest fucking ball pit ever? It, it's not like you're thinking in your head a giant ball. No, it is. It is a fucking ball pit in the middle of a completely empty warehouse. Bring it up. Uh, okay, oh my god! <laughs> it's just like a children's ball pit. It is literally a children's inflatable paddling pool with a few like fucking ball pit balls thrown in there. Not yeah, even, like, of... overflowing, like, a very sad amount of balls just sat in the middle of, like, as you say, just an empty warehouse. Yeah, it's so bad. And it's like, oh, yeah, you get an extra half an hour in the ball picks. I remember one of the best nights out I've ever been on is when I went to, like, a nightclub, Corporation in Sheffield. Oh, yeah. Was a rock club. So it's, like, it's dirty, classic. it's grungy, it's shit, it does crap pints, but it's cheap and it's always it's always good for a laugh. It always plays good music and it's got cheap booze. And one time they had an entire, a giant, I'm talking, giant inflatable ball pit. And I arrived, like, with a mate of mine. Mm. And we got in, like, basically the, as it opened. So we were walking past. I went, should we just go in? Oh, yeah. Really fancy going to the pool. We went in. There was a ball pit. I went, am I allowed in that? I went, yeah, no one else here. Go for it. So I just dived into this giant ball pit <laughs> and just did shots. And it was amazing. And then, like, five minutes later, like, a big group of girls came in and also dived in. I'm like, I feel like a fucking king. <laughs> and I describe that feeling as the opposite feeling I get when I look at that sad ball. Yeah. 
<laughs> so good. But all right, so organizers for DashCon initially stated they were going to hold a second DashCon in 2015, despite the issues faced, oh but officially God. announced via Tumblr in September of 2014 that it was going like the DashCon LLP was going to be dissolved and all of its assets liquidated. Meaning they would not be holding a second convention. So, is there a reason why the first one was so abysmal? Well, we're going to find out because, as I said, prepare for an adventure, Lucas. Okay. The concept, the DashCon was announced in mid 2013 under the name TumbleCon USA. That's where I got the mix up from the name from. Yeah, yeah. A convention catered to users of the blogging platform. Tumblr was touted as the largest gathering of Tumblr users to date. The convention was to focus on works that developed significant followings among Tumblr users such as Doctor Who, Sherlock, Supernatural, and the podcast Welcome to Night Vale. The convention raised enough money through pre-ticket orders, or ticket pre-orders, along with crowdfunding campaign on Indiegogo. Prior to the start of the convention, the name of the event was changed to DashCon, alluding to the site's dashboard feel to indicate that it was not officially endorsed um, or officially endorsed by or associated with Tumblr. Oh, wow. So, so far, so far, so good. But already, I mean, you can not see the a cracks. good sign when. We are changing the name so that it's not officially endorsed by Tumblr. Which is one of those things that you have to do it sometimes to avoid getting sued. Oh yeah, of course. But sometimes but like, it's it's not a good sign. But all made with the best of intentions to start with. So the convention oh, yeah. was organised by Dashcon LLP, a Hudson, Ohio-based limited liability partnership owned by Megan Eli and Roxanne Schweiterman. Mm-hmm. Dashcon was held from July 11th to 13th in 2014 at the Renaissance Scoundberg Convention Hotel Centre. Among the guests originally scheduled were actors, were actor Doug Jones. Who the fuck's Doug Jones? Who's out? Oh yeah, I know that dude. Um, he who is was he? The, uh, he's the really tall guy who's in a lot of like horror movies. I mean, like, he's the guy. He plays um, Abe Sapien in Hellboy one and two. Oh uh, right, okay, yeah. So the really tall fish man. He, yeah, he's basically, yeah. he's in a lot of science fiction stuff. Uh, webcomic artist Noel Stevenson, again, not really sure. Apparently quite popular. And the cast of Welcome to Night Vale. On July 11th, you know, a, a much more successful podcast than this one. Mm-hmm. On the evening of July 11th, the first night of DashCon, early reports began to surface from attendees that events at the convention were poorly planned and attended. A vendor had left due to poor sales, and miners had been admitted to 18 plus rated panels. Oh, no. And you know, if it's based on Tumblr shit. That was 18 plus plus. Yeah, that was like like 30 plus. That is like, that is beyond my titty liking posts on Twitter. That is some stuff you do not want to see. Yeah. That that was, that's some furry porn. That's some deep little shit. That that is like, that is some bad, bad shit those kids got exposed (laughs) to. And the convention itself also began to experience unexpected financial difficulties. The staff of the Renaissance reportedly informed uh, DashCon staff member they would need to pay... And I quote, $20,000 up front for the use of the facilities or shut the convention down. What? But this is the first night it's happening. DashCon organizers had verbally negotiated to pay the venue gradually throughout the convention using ticket sales mm-hmm. rather than issuing an upfront statement, despite their contract suggesting otherwise. So obviously they'd come to an agreement. And then obviously, I'm going to guess here, the guy who ran the hotel... Did not agree with that agreement. Oh, he just looked. He saw like 14 people walk in and went, I'm not going to make my fucking money. I want it now. Yeah. Or you can get out so I can actually, you know, sell this space. Mm -hmm. Um, But this is the thing is, though, this is where it starts to get real bad. Because at 9 p.m., as a result of this unexpected development, organizers began to publicly solicit donations from attendees. What? So they went into the crowd and said, We need, give us money. 
or you're all getting kicked out. Basically, we need money from you guys right now or the entire thing gets shut down. Oh, my God. And this crowd was of about 1,000 people, which is about four to five to 6,000 less people than they expected oh, based no. on. So not only is there like one-seventh potentially of the people there, they are now being asked to pay extra money on, on top of what they've already paid. Like $20 extra each. Yeah. On top of what they've already paid to get there mm-hmm. and their tickets, while also standing in a mostly empty convention center with no guests or events. <laughs> Oh, God. Despite... Uh, the thing is, though, they also asked for, you know, in-person donations, like, to give us money, or online via PayPal. Oh. And they, with the goal of collecting at least $17,000 by 10 p.m. So they want, in an hour, they thought they could convince 1,000 people to give them $17,000. Fuck me. And organizers speculated that the abrupt changes in plans. So these are the people who organized it. Mm-hmm. because the hotel. It was because the hotel's management did not like the people at the con. And you know what you could say that? Maybe they saw a lot of people in weird costumes, didn't like it. Or maybe they saw, like, you know, they were told, oh, 7,000 people are turning up and we're going to be, make, we're gonna be like, making money hand over fist. Yeah. You'll get your $20,000, don't you worry. And they saw a fraction of that turn up and went, I want my fucking money now. Yeah. Pay That's me what I'm probably more likely what it was. Because you know what? Ordinarily, I wouldn't sign... I wouldn't side on the side of, like, you know, the, the, the businessman. Mm-hmm. You know, the man... But as an artist, fuck you, pay me. Yeah, you have an yeah. agreement. I don't think this that guy was entirely his right to say, I want my money. You have told me like you would pay for this space. Pay for this fucking yeah, space. Yeah, exactly. But the fact they went into the crowd and went, we need money. Give oh, us God. money. After they'd already paid. Oh, like, what happened to the money? What happened? And the thing is, apparently, like, no, one know, no one knows what happened to it. So I think we'll cover that in a bit. So we've got this... Uh, blah, blah, blah. Attendees were seen performing a three-fingered salute from the Hunger Games and chanting lines from High School Musical oh, while God. the organisers were soliciting funds. And while the org- and here's the thing though, they managed to get the money. What? They did. They got the money. They got the twenty thousand dollars they needed to pay the guy. But as you might imagine, um, this incident raised suspicion amongst attendees over the possibility of the crowdfunding drive being a scam. Which included uh, okay. disputes over the authenticity of an image of the bill printed on hotel stationery, which was released by a staff member, of being um, of being further proof of the alleged mismanagement. Because obviously, I'm going to say, even if it wasn't, like you know, a scam, that is definitely mismanagement. <laughs> oh, it's definitely mismanagement for sure. It's like, oh man, the thing is though, it was just run by two people and thought it's the equivalent of when you're sat with your mate and you're drunk and you go, you know what? I bet we could start a YouTube channel. Yeah, so that's what yeah. it is now. It's a YouTube channel now, and it was back in the day. Like just sitting there going, you know what? I bet we could run a convention for twenty thousand people. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a piece of piss. And obviously, it didn't work. But we're ready, ready though, because it gets better. Several guests, including Noelle Stevenson, who had to moderate her own panel because the scheduled moderator was absent, <laughs> and the the Baker Street Babes, who produced an all female Sherlock Holmes podcast and the Welcome to the Night Vale, were also informed by the hotel that were responsible for paying for their own rooms, despite being previously told that the rooms would be paid for by the convention themselves. Oh, no. Or by the convention itself. Because it's usually it's what you're doing. It's either, you say, we'll pay to fly you out. Yeah. We'll pay for your stay. And then, obviously, you can make money selling merch mm. or like, doing signings. Yeah, or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Or, I think, like, what happened when we got invited to Los Angeles? Mm. 
uh, by that charity event. We yeah. just said, like, we don't want any money, but we'll make sure we cover the costs um, mm. in the money we raise. Yeah, we don't, sure. we'll But it's one of those things where the generally accepted thing is we'll pay you to come out here and then maybe give you a bit extra. And obviously that didn't happen here. So yeah. understandably, they weren't very happy about this because some well, of them had obviously spent their own money. Some of them had obviously flown all the way out there under the on the under the expectation. Oh, right, it's fine. It's all covered. Uh, so I, I, I planned to you know buy myself a bit of food. Yeah, maybe uh, a very very least they're not coming out earning like less money. Uh, they're not they're not operating at a loss at the very least. And they and obviously no one wants to turn up to somewhere expecting not to pay anything and be told you owe us three hundred dollars. Yep. It's like, what do you mean I owe you food We've got to pay for your own fucking thing. <laughs> and it says here that Stevenson ultimately joined the cast of uh, Welcome to the Night Vale for an accommodation obtained via Airbnb. And Welcome to the Night Vale, uh, they ultimately cancelled their appearance. Mm-hmm. And the organisers reimbursed those who purchased tickets for the panel with tickets to a raffle, various autograph collectibles, admission to a concert with the Chicago-based Doctor Who-inspired band Time Crash, and an extra hour in the ball pit. <laughs> And you know what? The ball pit has its own section on the Wikipedia page. The ball pit, roughly the size of a kiddie pool in an otherwise empty concession hall, <laughs> and the notion of an extra hour in it quickly became a meme among attendees and other Tumblr users. Users envisioned other large quantities of items that could have been purchased with $17,000, and a video game developer created Dashcon Simulator 2014, <laughs> a comedic simulation of the convention's ball pit. Convention guest Mark O'Shearer was like the ball pit was not a point of interest. It wasn't something a single soul talked about. It was just a quirky thing that existed. <laughs> and that in order to support the idea that Dashcon was a 400% disaster, every single detail was used to paint the con and the people at it as horrific failures of humanity. Which is a, a bit harsh. I mean, a little bit, say, but... I'm just going to say, it was just very, very funny. There's nothing funnier than people seeing people just eat shit after they've talked such a big game. It's oh, yeah, like yeah. When, you see, when you see boxers or sports people just talk so much mad shit and then just get their face weaved into the, can- into the canvas. <laughs> just like, like don't... <laughs> absolutely, like, talking their game off and they're just getting knocked out within two hits. Yeah, it's that thing of, it's like, it's, it's, shad- it's obviously, it's not, it's probably not the right to feel it, but it's just very, very amusing to just see people fail in such a spectacular fashion. And because it's one of those things, it's like watching someone fall downstairs, and like, that's bad. If they fell down the stairs, and then they keep falling, and they keep falling. <laughs> so like a story that I like to use is um, there's a famous story about a guy who was out cutting his lawn with a lawnmower. Oh, right. And, and he cut his toe off with his lawnmower. And that is a, that's a, a tragic story, mm-hmm. and you'd be a dickhead for laughing at it. But yeah. if I then say... Um, the toe then got flung off and hit him in the eye and blinded him. <laughs> oh, that no. becomes t- yeah, that's a true story. <laughs> and that's the example I like to use of. On its, this one bad thing happening is not funny, but when it's just so, when it gets that extra level of absurdity, that extra layer, yeah. that makes it something that's not, it's not just a story about someone hurting themselves, it's just a story of this improbable confluence of events mm-hmm. fucking over one person. It becomes a mute, it's like gallows humour. Yeah, yeah. And it's so good. Right? It becomes so aftermath, absurd, it's funny at that point. In the aftermath of the convention, a staff member of the hotel said their facility did enjoy their presence, while Dashcon's staff promised to provide a more thorough explanation of what had occurred. The Baker Street Bay reported that the hotel payment were, um, issue was, according to organisers, a mistake, 
And Stevenson, whose hotel went had not been resolved, defended criticism of Dashcom by other users, arguing that they were unfamiliar with what typically occurs at a convention in the first place. I'd argue that the people who organised it also were, but you do. Yeah. And near the end of the convention had finished, suspicion arose that the event was a cash grab for the convention organiser. We noticed that when the organiser first asked to pay the remaining $20,000, it was claimed that only $3,000 had been accrued by them. During the convention drive, third-party source and testimonials um, claimed that around $750 was collected on site with the remainder made in electronic transitions. A leaked payment statement, however, listed, 11, 000, listed that $11,000 had been paid in cash, causing observers to accuse convention organisers of pocketing a substantial amount of the donation. The donations, though, organisers denied this claim. And that's oh, right, all okay. we know about what happened to that money. Wow. And again, it's just very, very funny. Because if it had just been it failed... That's not an interesting thing. But is it failed? And then there's the fucking the ball pit. That's what does it. The ball pit is the toe flying off the guy's foot and hitting him in the eyeball. Oh, God. Man, like... I've never heard of this, but I just can't wrap my head around how you can... Just fail that badly. Yeah, fail so monumentally. Like, well, I know that because... putting on events is difficult, but, like, at least buy more than a kiddie pool. <laughs> like, but throw right, a couple ready, of balls though, Because it. they did try... Like I said, they were going to hold a second dash con that got cancelled. Mm. So what they did is, in September 2014, uh, the Daily Dot published an article. They reported that concerns that, um, on concerns that Dashcon had renamed and rebranded itself as Emoticon. The writer noted that the two conventions were nearly identical in their themes, and that Emoticon was to be held at the same venue that the second Dashcon was set to be hosted. <laughs> the Emoticon website contained much of the same text as the Dashcon website, suggesting that it was. And that it was being organised by one of the co-creators of Dashcon. It's oh, no. <laughs> like so they didn't learn their fucking lesson. No. But here's the best bit: even though they literally copy pasted from the Dashcon website, and it was being organised by one of the original people who started Dashcon. Mm. Dashcon later denied that the two cons were the same via a post on their official Tumblr account. They stated that while Emoticon is being organised by two of the three owners of Dashcon, <laughs> the two events are otherwise unrelated to one another. They also said that Emoticon would be functioning under a very different in- infrastructure than Dashcon did with a more experienced and well-rounded staff. So that's, you know what? That's good, isn't it? I mean, yeah. Fair enough. Like They learned from their mistakes. They licked the wounds. They came back and they went, you know what? Dashcon, the names, it's, it's been poisoned. It's salted. Like, you know, let's just sack it off and start again do it properly. But oh, wait a minute. Oh, wait a minute. Sorry, fact- I missed a... The, they I missed didn't statement. learn the lesson in the first place. I missed the but... sentence. Emoticon was later cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> With their official Tumblr account citing personal, financial and safety issues. <laughs> oh, <laughs> God. And you know it's bad because in the bit at the bottom on Wikipedia it says, see also Fire Festival. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, man. I, I, I need to ask you though, Lucas, do you have another one in you? Oh. Because there is Tanacon. Okay, like... Do you have Tanacon? This is a very short one. I mean, this is a... Um, another one? It's getting to that point. But, like, you know what? Let's just dive in. Let's just do it, Carl. Do, do you want, like, Tanacon? I need right, to so find out. That. I need to know. So this is... Um, Tana Montague uh, is an American internet personality musician and model. She's known for her story-time videos and similar comedy videos on the internet. Uh, okay. So that's okay. an overview. That's an overview yeah. of the person who held it. Um, because obviously they haven't got an actual article on Tanacon, it's just on her Wikipedia thing. 
Oh, okay. Uh, but, but you know what? Let's find out about this person because I don't know anything about it other than that Tanacon was a nightmare. So, one no, of I've never heard of this videos person. are a story time, story time videos. What'd you say? Um, she's famous for a story time videos oh, okay. in 2017. I don't know why it's on a Wikipedia page. Um, she was being investigated by the FBI after someone hacked into her emails and sent a bomb threat to an airport. Oh. So, okay. Story time, bomb threats, we've got it all. Alright, yeah, she also posted a story time video where she revealed that um, the YouTuber iDubs said the N-word. Oh. Okay, so you know what? Already, um, this is an adventure. Here we go, right. Montague announced on May 26, 2018 she'll be hosting her own convention titled Tanacon. At the same time and in the same city as VidCon. Oh, no. Which, if I recall correctly, is basically it's the YouTube. That's the YouTube convention. It's yeah. not the official YouTube one, but it's like run by a lot of, I think it's, uh, it says here, yeah, Hank and John Green. And they have, I think like Simon Whistler goes to it. And oh, I yeah. got yeah. invited by them, but I couldn't be asked. Because <laughs> it was like in <laughs> Amsterdam or some shit. And I, I'm like, you know what? I'm not traveling to Amsterdam to not get, like, to not get pissed. Yeah. So she intended Tanacon to be an alternative to VidCon after the VidCon 2017 uh, organizers failed to give her the rights at the convention of a featured creator. So it was her getting, you know, throwing, like, you know, a bottle out. Yeah. Getting, like, spit, spitting a dummy out because she didn't get special treatment at 2017. Yeah, that was, this is her just like childish reaction to that. It's literally, it's literally the bender thing of, I'm going to go make my own con with blackjack and hookers. Yeah, it's li- it's literally. That. <laughs> um, Tanacon took place at Anaheim, California, at the Anaheim Marriott Suites on July twenty second, twenty eighteen, and was cancelled the same day. Oh no! <laughs> Over eighty creators were set to hold panels at the event, including Bella Thorne, Shane Dawson, Casey Neistat, Miranda Sings, Ricky Dillon, Elijah Daniel, Jen McAllister, Gabby Hanna, Trevor Moran, Lisa Schwartz, and Jack Barron. All names that I don't fucking recognise. Well, I've like heard Neistat. like a couple of them, but I don't really know anything about any of them. Okay, so, despite Montague's claims that 20,000 people tried to attend the convention, four to 5,000 people attended at most, and the Marriott was not capable of holding that many people. So not only was it a lie, it was a very easily disproven lie. Yeah, yeah. So, really, really, like, no, shining a positive <laughs> light on Miss Montague here. Uh, those who attended or lined up to attend complained at lack of food and water and standing in line for hours <laughs> in the sun. It was reported that many people were sunburned and that some people passed out because of the heat. The event oh, received God. much attention and criticism. The Verge said that fans were comparing it to Firefest and attendees were yelling refund after the event. <laughs> Dawson said that agreeing to appear at Tanacon was the worst decision he ever made. Montague later apologised so that refunds would be issued. Dawson later released a three-part documentary series about it. <laughs> if I remember this one, the one that cracks me up is that... Um, I think it's like a lot of young people went and one of the things they were handing out like YouTuber themed condoms. Oh no. Which I just found hilarious. But yeah. Do you know what? We'll cover Fire Festival next week because that's like a week, that's like a four that's like a two thousand word one. That's a one that's a deep dive. That no, is a deep, deep dive. But oh my god, like I love there's just nothing just more just like nourishing to the soul like after my hangover than just hearing about people just thinking, I can do this thing. And then failing to do the thing in the most spectacular fashion imaginable. You know this thing that takes like hundreds of people to normally like organise and get sorted, and that takes months and months of planning, if not years. I'm like, gonna do it in a day. I'm gonna yeah. I'm just gonna do it by myself in like a day. Yeah. So it's the fact it was cancelled the day it started. <laughs> it's like that Dashcon one. 
Emoticon has got nothing to do with Dashcon. It's run by the same people and uses the same website and has been held in the same place. So they've got nothing to do with one another. Oh, yeah, totally, to totally pro- different. We've learned our lesson and we're going to run it properly this time. The next sentence, it was cancelled three days later. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that moment, is, is it Community where they do that? Where there's that, I've only watched a few episodes, mm. but they have that line where, I forget it now, but a guy gets accused of something and the voiceover says he would later call the accusation a... Is it treason tantamount to 9-11? And then, he char- then it says, oh, le- he would later characterise it as mostly true. Oh, I'm yeah. thinking about that, right? I, uh, is it, is it roughly, yeah. it at your house. I it's think just, you're I talking about the, uh, the the fluffy town versus blankets. That, one. Yeah, that's the one, because I remember it because very distinctly, because the voiceover is Keith David. Yeah. A.K.A. known hero of this earth, Keith David. And then Keith David. David actually appears later as a character, like, in the show. Yeah, like, not in that episode, just later down in other series. Just, I just remember that though. Of like, oh, he would, he would, he referred to this as a, as, as yeah. a betrayal tantamount to nine eleven. <laughs> then he would later, he would later clarify it as most characterized as mostly true. <laughs> so, oh man, but there's just like, the thing is, I am on the fringes of YouTube culture, like. I, I've dipped my toes in occasionally, but I've very deliberately avoided I think it's fair to say that you avoid it for the most part. Because stories like that, and the fact that like, there's the drama cycle that basically just feeds uh, recurrent underbelly. But sometimes I wish that I would. I get tempted because that would be just amazing. See my name on Wikipedia. YouTuber <laughs> Cal Small would later call attending insert shit con as the worst decision of his career. You know what, Carl? Let's do it. <laughs> Oh, fact con. Oh, God. Like, special guest, Simon Whistler, who, who eventually won't turn up because I'll make him pay for his own hotel. <laughs> Can you imagine? He'll you? turn up, he just can cancel on the day. Yeah, cancel on the day. I, um, the I did see one bad thing recently. Um, there's um, a person, like an uh, ex-IGN, um, ex-kind-of-funny person called um, Colin Mariotti, Okay. And he had a panel at PAX West, and then PAX West decided to cancel his panel. Um, however, every single person who was requesting a refund because they paid for tickets, already paid for yes. the tickets for his panel, they're just flat out refusing to refund anybody. I don't Even know. though it was their decision to cancel his panel. Just give people money back. Yeah, just do it. It's, it's always the easier decision. Just give people their fucking money. Because I would have never heard anything about it. And now that's just, a bad reflection quiet, upon yeah. PAX. If they'd have quietly cancelled it and just give everyone the money back and just say... Yes. Yeah. And all you do is give that generic answer of... Just say... Um, for not um, for reasons that we do not wish to discuss. Yeah. You just say that. Just give it the, the blanket PR statement. Yep. Oh, man. always Just always give people the money back. It's never worth that. Thing hassle. is... I have no idea if like Colin did something wrong, did gave them a reason you know to cancel panel. All you need to do is Google his name. All you need to do is that. All, the only thing I've seen is that Pax West won't refund money. Uh, it's like all you have to do. Oh, it says here controversial host. Oh he's yeah, he's con- um, con- he's been controversial in the past, but why would you hire the controversial host if you're then not yeah. wanting him? And we all know that online controversial means has said the N-word once. It's just they can't write it in the title. So, yeah. Oh, no, that's not, not what not... he's controversial for. It oh, was okay. like a joke that some people took wrong. And it wasn't like okay. a racist thing, but yeah. I don't know anything about this. That's the thing. I, I seriously, 
do not know much about YouTube culture. People think I'm like, I'm playing dumb. I'm really not. Oh no! Like so I tr- I having conversations with you. I mean, I don't even pay attention to YouTube culture, but you learn no even less than I do for the most I part. I actively avoid almost every element of it. Because Apart I from failed don't... conventions, apparently. Oh, so good because that's one of the ones it it shows up. That's when it starts to like it exits the sphere of YouTube and goes on to like you know tech sites and stuff. Which yeah, I do yeah, tend yeah. to read. Like I read like Daily Dot and that sort of thing to try and keep abreast of like tech news and just stuff that's happening on the internet as a whole. Um, and that's one of those things that leaks out there, and it's just so funny to read. So, did you hear of another leak, or maybe yeah. not leak, but another convention fuck up, a big uh, one? Are we talking about? Are we talking about Evo? Uh, no, Evolution twenty nineteen. Uh, oh, because I want to talk I, about Evo for a bit. Okay, I was personally talking about. We'll just briefly uh, gloss over this one. Just the fact that E uh, three let a detailed list of like two thousands journalists and like media people's details to be accessible for like a day oh so all of like their home addresses telephone numbers email Email addresses and you just said the word games journalists and you say it leaked online and i already know exactly what the rest of his story is the worst people on the internet now have that information and are now harassing these people on mass yeah exactly good good work Good fucking work. That's one of my biggest. So there's that. potential like class action lawsuits and shit coming in. <laughs> fucking too right. Because really class action lawsuits. If someone just review, if someone like leaked my fucking like home address, phone number and shit like this, and then I put out some content that people didn't like, they could just like fucking hunt me down if they want to. Like yeah, you would literally uh, want to move house as soon as possible. I have experienced a minor version of this with people trying to look at where I am. Like, um, I have a business. I have a business address. Yeah, yeah. And my accountant, that's why it's, it's registered there, because he says it's just standard practice. Mm-hmm. We'll get your mail. We'll basically, all it is is bank statements go there. We put one on a file. When yeah, When the yeah. season rolls around. It's just easier. You never have to worry about it. And he said the day after I incorporated the business, mm-hmm. someone had very clearly set up a, um, a thing, one of those Google alerts for my name. Oh, right. So obviously, when you set up a business or you incorporate as one, Big Wang mm-hmm. is incorporated, let's go. And he gets announced online on the company's house website. Yes. And he says the very next day, after it had been done, it was all official, hmm. he got an Amazon package, Amazon Prime, with a bottle of whiskey in it, with a note from Anonymous saying, I'm so sorry, Carl. Oh, wow. And this is a true fucking story. And my accountant sent me a message saying, why is this in my office? And I said, please dispose of it, because you don't know what that is. Yeah. Like, it's sent presumably with the best of intentions. He says, I'm sorry on it. Mm. It's, it was sealed, but at the same time, that is really fucking creepy, because that was a day, and no one knew it existed at the time. Yeah, that is Which means that really person presumably had, like, a Google alert for my name, mm-hmm. and that obviously popped up on company's house, and they sent my accountant a bottle of whiskey via Amazon Prime. Yeah, that's really creepy. Yeah. And I have had uh, other ones as well. I've said... Uh, in the comments of a YouTube video once, or, mm. and then on the subreddit, people were posting my mother's address, which they somehow managed to acquire. Oh, God. Saying, oh, here's Carl's address. It'd be nice if you all sent in fan mail. But obviously the first person, like, annoyed or salty people are going to do is try and track you down, or yeah. send, like, hate mail or what what have you. Yeah, so thankfully we managed to get rid of that. But, yeah, I've had minor run-ins with this sort of thing, and I dread to think... If there was just a list of like, here's your fucking phone number. Yeah. My phone number and all my email address and stuff is like, I try my damnness to make sure that's not out there for this yeah, exact yeah. reason. Because even though it is, you've got to go through all these hoops to find stuff, people within a day 
had sent something to the place believing it's where I worked or where I lived. Yeah, yeah. And it's uh, a bit worrying. <laughs> and, a little bit. Uh, it, yeah, it's not great, is it? It's, it's not great. You don't really need that shit here in your life. Not it's really, like, no. Yes. Cause the one that gets me is when people... Uh, I was mentioning it earlier, actually, to uh, my subreddit mods on Discord. Okay. Saying I, uh, from my days at Cracked. Yeah. And there was a guy there who had a real hard-on for arguing with um, the uh, the writers for it. Oh, okay. And obviously, as writers, we had like our own little Facebook group at the time when Facebook was a thing. Yeah, yeah. And he ended up like zeroing in on a couple of us, mm. uh, one of which was me. And for years after the fact, he would just send me the occasional email... Because he managed to get my email address oh, God. somehow. And he would just occasionally just send me an email saying, I remember Carl. And stuff like screenshots of um, stuff I'd said in the past, like telling him to fuck off. Hmm. Saying, I remember what you said. And they've dropped off after a while. But yeah, yeah, that was years afterwards. And that's when I just wrote articles for a fairly popular website. Where oh, my dear. byline was like this tiny size 10 New Roman font in blue letters that you clicked on and saw that I'd written other articles. Yeah. And he got in his head that I was his enemy, and for many years, oh my like, god, send me threatening, abusive messages. But you know what? Luckily, he's abusing someone else now. He probably is. Yeah, he's, he's the, that kind of person never lets up. They'll just find and move on to somebody else. It's not yeah. even about the person in question. It's about the perceived slight against them. Yeah, exactly. So you must have experienced this working in a restaurant. There must be times where you can just tell that someone's just looking for conflict or like they're looking for that excuse to get angry. Oh yeah, I've, I've had those customers that will like argue every step of the way, like when they're getting a table, you know, when they're ordering the food, when they're getting the food. There's just there's just some people who are looking for an argument with every single person that walks past the table. Because they, they want that moment of feeling right. It's mm-hmm. that moment of righteous indignation. It's a... Uh, yeah, I've had to explain, because obviously people have asked me in the past, like, how do you deal with it? Because you draw yourself out and say, it's not me. Yeah, yeah. Something is broken inside their head, mm-hmm. and they need this. This this is what gets them through. This is what gives them, like, why can't I need this tango? They need that moment of feeling justifiably in their own head, angry at another human being. Yeah, exactly. And um, as I said, like, whether it's angry or, you know, um, whether they, you know, like stalking somebody or what, what have you, they will always move like that feeling onto another like object or person, and it's just like as you say, you have to remove yourself from the equation. It is that person, yeah. and like if it wasn't me, it'd be somebody else. Yeah, it always is. It's like they've zeroed in on one thing that they can like, mm-hmm. identify about my personality that they don't like. Yeah, and obviously in their head. It's fair game. It's it's a fascinating um, psychological concept. I think it's like it's an extension of parasocial relationships, which is a, a term I only learned very recently. Okay. And it's the idea of it's um, the relationships you form with people that they do that are not reciprocated. So oh, right. Back okay, in the yeah. day, obviously, it was with celebrities mm-hmm. and people you saw on TV. And a, a, a more adorable example would be radio presenters mm. for the BBC in the very early days. So a lot of people got attached to the radio presenters. Yeah, sure. And so obviously it's a voice they hear every single day. And there are stories about like um, an early one to the BBC, if they coughed on air, the mm. next day the BBC would get packages of cough sweets. Oh my God. For, for the radio presenters by people who felt like, oh no, he's, he's sick, I should take care of him. Yeah, yeah, sure. But obviously the age of the internet has allowed this to um, become a lot more intense. 
and it's used yeah. to have obviously like the relationship people have with YouTubers is a very prevalent one. Mm-hmm. Obviously, this is a person you invite into your home every single day. You spend many, many hours watching their content. Yeah, yeah. You sure. feel like you know them. Whereas in fact, person... like you may know aspects of them and their like on-screen personality, but they have no idea who you are. And the I and the thing is though, as that on its own is quite interesting, but where it starts to get dangerous, and this is especially prevalent with like internet celebrities and stuff like that, is because obviously internet celebrities are kind of out there a lot more. Yeah, yeah, sure. Like Tom, if you form an like an unnatural, like an inappropriate association with like Tom Cruise, yeah, that's never really ever going to get a chance. Like gestate beyond just looking at pictures or like sending fan mail. Whereas you're never going to meet you're never going to meet Tom Cruise. Yeah, whereas like um, with YouTubers, there's a lot more chance for like. Actual interaction, whether it be like in the comments, whether it be well, me, yeah. like, through people know like the like I meeting greets people. and conventions and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I bump into people like um, I went to get a phone this week mm-hmm. for the business, which is like it's a whole fucking thing. It took me fucking ages to get started. Yeah, one of the guys in the phone shop recognised me from my videos. Oh, okay. Like that's a, a that's the thing that happens to me probably like once a week. Yeah, yeah, sure. Because I say in videos I live in Sheffield mm. and. To, no one's tried to track me down, but there have been occasions where I've like sent pictures from like nights out or something like that, and then someone has turned up. Oh right. And said, okay. "Oh, I saw you post on Twitter. I was out tonight, so I thought I'd come say hello." Yeah. Which sure. I think that's like that. Like, that's fine. Well, like, it's an example of like, it's very easy to bump into. Yeah, yeah. If you want to track people online down, and when it comes to like parasocial relations, obviously, it can. It's one of those things where. It can get so intense that the moment it breaks down, it's very difficult for people to understand. Mm-hmm. So obviously, like, it's the use the example of a celebrity. If like they met Tom Cruise, and if Tom Cruise was busy and ignored, it's, like, it's the song "Stamp," basically. Yeah, is the best way to put it. During the song, where it's like the guy writing the letters to Eminem, and he's upset, and he thinks that Eminem's ignoring him, and he, in his head he builds up this whole scenario of he's ignoring me, he's treating me so poorly. How can he do this to his fans? Yeah, yeah. And it turns out that Eminem just didn't see the letters. <laughs> and that's what it is and that's what it yeah. can be and it's obviously there's a real potential for it to get toxic and dangerous for the mm. person's thing because obviously they can read too much into stuff and it's a I invite anyone to look up and read into it because it's really interesting and it was a term that was explained to me um, a while back that I looked up and went wow this is re- this is this is something we should probably be studying I mean I'm sure that people are studying it Oh yeah, but well, this is something that I would really be interested in myself. Yeah, like knowing, it is knowing more a, about a very interesting like concept, and especially as you say, like in a modern age where everybody is like constantly on social media and you know posting pictures of, I say, like on a night out. People are so much more like accessible nowadays that yeah. you can very easily have this one-way relationship that you think means something to somebody else as well yeah and it obviously it doesn't yeah um and you know it like obviously if you then meet that person you you might potentially have a very small chance of like having a relationship with them in one way or another you know becoming friends just talking to each other online but it's just that prior engagement in the first place where they associate that person with oh, we are both attached to each other when it's, in fact, you're just attached to them. Yeah, and obviously it's very difficult for people to like disconnect those two things in their head. Mm-hmm. So I always think about that with my sister. 
Well, she's, she's, in fact, she's young. She's 15. Yeah. Like, she's not idol. Like, like, she doesn't have posts on a wall, like, boys own or some shit. It's all pictures of YouTubers that she's printed off at school, really adorably. <laughs> cuts them out and then puts them all over a wall. Mm-hmm. And she's, like, she spends up, she's all, up all night, like, watching YouTube. And she's got, and it's one of those things where it's cute because it's a crush. Yeah. Like, yeah. If I walk into the room and she's watching a YouTube, she's like, get out, get out, get out. Because she doesn't want anyone to know, like she's watching this guy's videos over and over and over again. Yeah, sure. And I don't even know the names of the YouTubers she follows. So obviously, taste change. My sister, she's picky. Mm-hmm. You know what? That's good. Because that means she's going to date some high quality men. Or <laughs> I hope at least. Anyway, You'd she's hope, picky. Yeah. Like she's always flitting between YouTubers. Cause she suddenly, did, I think there was one she stopped watching because she said, "I'm better at um, uh, Overwatch than he is." <laughs> like she saw that he was playing Overwatch and he wasn't very good. And you just know didn't what? Like him anymore. I best not ever stream uh, Overwatch then. <laughs> your sister will just be like, "Nah, this guy's shit." No, my sister's really good at Overwatch. No, yeah, I remember you saying, and I'm just like, I know that I'm worse than your sister at Overwatch. That's the worst That's thing. So good, but it's one of the things I was. Um, I think once I forget which one it was, but she had like a YouTuber on her wall, and I, mm. you know what, I'm. I've got fairly decent Twitter following. Yeah. I, like, I think I had like 10,000 people at the time. I bet if I tweeted this guy, you'd probably see it. Because I think when you've got so many millions of followers, it's weighted what you get to see. Oh, probably, yeah. Like if someone with more followers likes something, it shows it more prominently. Yeah. I think. No, I, and based off like my Twitter timeline, the people with more followers, like anything they like, like or retweet comes up way so, more Such often. as a picture of their friend's tears. Yeah. Such as. Shows up, shows up massively. You know, funnily enough, uh, that didn't appear on my Twitter, as far as I can tell. It's, I think it's, I don't know, it's a, I keep forgetting the things I turn off all those options. I don't like the so-and-so liked stuff. You know what? I, I only so keep, keep it on Twitter. because every now and then it comes up with like adorable animal videos. Yeah. That's, that's the reason. Um, I remember I, I tweeted, I'll forget the name of the guy now, but I think it was Ben Phillips or something. Oh, okay. Dude. I think I tweeted at him a picture of my sister's picture of him on his wall mm. and he ended up liking the post. So yeah, she must yeah, have seen true. it in like and my sister went mental. Like <laughs> she sulked all day and was screaming at me, trying to tear the phone out of my hands, scratching me. <laughs> because she was like so, so upset that I'd done this. Yeah. And I told this guy and it's like, oh my God. Like it's a like a single like center instead. I had to apologize and delete the tweet. <laughs> <laughs> I felt so bad because obviously she was so secondhand embarrassed by something. Yeah, yeah, sure. Because she thought, oh no, and she was like, oh no, now he's going to think I'm stupid. He's mm. just going to think I'm some like stupid fangirl. And you are. You're like 14 years yeah. old. And I tried to explain to her, like, Jamie, he doesn't, like, he's, he's, he's like 30 years old. <laughs> <laughs> this is a 30 year old man you're following. It's fine. But well, um, I, I, yeah, it's I just, just think weird, that I like, saw that first hand. So. For example, just... um, with Ninja, obviously you've probably seen that he has moved from Twitch to Mixer now. The Great Betrayal. Uh, the Great Betrayal, yeah. And um, I'm not sure what the like reasons or terms or anything. All I know... It's because he, he got paid $50 million. All I know is that they paid him X amount of money to go to Mixer. and um, Reportedly as high as $50 million. Yeah. Um, but... A hundred million people have already like subscribed to him on it's Mixer. Hundred million. A hundred million. million. Uh, within like a week of him moving over. Yeah, but it's not a hundred million. It's one million. A hundred million. Oh is yeah. Half the, yeah. Like a hundred million. million. A hundred million people subs on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Not one million. But in a week. No. It's a, yeah. It's a yeah, million, million people, people subscribed already. I was thinking because it was like a hundred thousand 
within like a few hours or something. Like, yeah, it's been, it was something stupid, but 100 million is... It's know, a little bit much, like, isn't it, Carl? I saw the statistic this morning when I was scrolling through um, uh, the news. Yeah, so apologies for that mistake. <laughs> yeah, it's that was a crazy one. And again, with this whole like um, parasocial relationship, they're linking to that, mm. I did see the tweets, because obviously it was everywhere when it happened. Yeah. And I saw in the replies, people like, how can you betray your fan base like this? Oh, yeah. How dare... And I just, in my head, I'm thinking, he's sat there and he's looking at his bank account with 50 million fucking dollars in it. Well, no, it's he got a lot more not, than that in it. It's an extra with, 50 million dollars. Yeah. I, I'm thinking, is he really going to look at this tweet and give a shit? Well, this person clearly thinks he does. Yeah, I mean... This person thinks, obviously, I'm going to say this and he's going to be so shamed by betraying his community in this way. It's like, he's not. He's sat um, there looking at his... He's seeing, oh, wow, I'm set for life. It's similar to a lot of um, controversy around the Epic Game Store recently, and kind of like a lot of um, like developers are being paid to have games exclusive to the Epic Game Store, and it's a similar kind of thing of oh, um, especially for indie developers, we are getting like a guaranteed amount of money that we wouldn't be guaranteed just off game sales. Yes, to be exclusive to this store which you can download for free and doesn't affect you in any other way. And it's, it's like... It's just for us. It's, just, it's money. Similar us. to Mixer is just like, oh, Ninja's just received millions of dollars to go to another service that you can just download and watch for free. Like, yeah, it doesn't impact you massively, but it impacts his life so massively. The only argument I can ever see for it is, like with some of the Epic stuff, like, I think, is it Shenmue? Where people specifically paid for Kickstarter the Steam to get... Kickstarter. The Kickstarter stuff does get a bit more like iffy, I understand. That, that's where the nuance lies, and with Ninja. Then I um, a lot Twitch of like Street. Epic Games stores are like refunding Kickstarters yeah. themselves for that's, that that stuff. is where the nuance so, yeah. is and that's exactly, where you can yeah. argue one way or the other. But with Ninja I think you had like subs who'd sub for like a year. Mm-hmm. Obviously that costs that's money. And yeah. Some some but it's not in it's not a inconsequential amount of money for no, people. sure. And obviously now, that's been wasted. <laughs> but I'm sure because if they contacted Twitch, they could get the money back again. Presumably, yes. But I would presume so, because they're subscribed to a channel that no longer exists. Yeah. Well, I think it still exists. Um. Well, okay, it's no longer active. Yeah, that's the thing. And uh, But it's weird, obviously, you'd argue that he has no obligation to keep streaming that thing. Mm-hmm. So what about if he suddenly one day went, oh, fuck it, I'm done. I'm a millionaire. I, he has no obligation to the people. Well, at the end of the day, in three years' time, when his mixer contract expires, he could just be like, I'm retiring. If he or wanted no, to. He'll go back to Twitch. No, he will probably go back to Twitch right, or something, or go back to whatever platform is offering the most money. But I think he could, you know, sit there and happily retire in the next three years, and he doesn't oh, he owe will. anything to anyone. And that's the thing. But people think that he does. Mm-hmm. And you can understand it from their perspective. I spent money on a year-long Twitch subscription to your channel. And then you I fucked off like Twitch. I, I can understand I feel, people's distaste for that. And I can feel like why in that situation you'd feel like you are owed an explanation. Mm. But you're not. I can understand why you might feel that way, but you are not. I mean, like, they are given an explanation. I got given money to go somewhere else. Exactly, yeah. That is the explanation. At the end of the day, it's a business. But it's just weird to see. And obviously, it's interesting to see. Just the amount of people who are like, I feel personally betrayed by this complete stranger. Mm-hmm. 
making a decision that anybody in his situation would make. If any person want... making that comment got offered like $50 million to betray people online that they don't know, I'm sure they would. Yeah. I use the word betray in like, you know, a very loose way. It's just the thing of, would you go against, like, who would you feel more obligated to yourself or the random scores of people yeah. who will immediately turn on you for making a decision that's best for yourself? Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing to link it back to the Pokemon thing earlier and why I turned around on it. It's like, if I was running the Pokemon company or I was looking at those messages and I've seen the scores of emails coming in calling me every name under the sun, yeah, I would say to myself, why would we ever cater towards this element of our fan base? Oh, yeah, exactly. Why would we go to the effort duplicate these people they especially so like unreasonable and horribly they've been so horrible about it it's like when you see people in restaurants yelling at the server mm-hmm. and then you see them get like obviously the manager comes up and he's apologetic it's like do not reward that behavior yeah exactly. all you're doing is the next person they yell at is because they've now because been that they know like, if i do it long enough i'll eventually get my way it's one argument i have with my managers quite a lot um or in previous restaurants even is, oh, uh, this person complained, um, but they don't seem too angry about it. Oh, okay, they're fine then. And I'm like, no, they were very polite to me, and they have a problem with their meal. Let's sort it or give them something. Like, placate the fact that they are being a friendly, polite person when they've had an issue. Don't, like, turn around and let people profit of treating people like shit. Yeah, because all you're doing is you're encouraging that behaviour, and that's why I immediately turn around. Because if they turned around and said, okay, even if it wasn't influenced by the negativity from fans and just said, we're putting every Pokemon in, Mm -hmm. those people who'd sent those tweets who'd been angry would think in their head, because obviously we're all the hero of our own story, that it was them who did it. The reason that all of the Pokemon got added to the next game was because they sent hateful death threats to the company. Is because I called the developer a dickhead on Twitter. Yeah. And just it encouraged, and that's why I immediately turned around and it went, "No, fuck these people. They need to learn that they mm. don't always get their own way, and they need to learn pretty fucking sharpish." Mm-hmm. Oh man, because it reminds me. We use this as a spin-off of the last story for today. Um, I was, like I mentioned, I went to a phone shop to get a business phone. Yeah. So I was, I was told by my accountant, um, "You run a business, you can get a business phone. It'll be probably it's going to be useful." And I went into it's three. The reason I'm mentioning three is because they are the only network in the UK at the moment who offer a truly unlimited package for data. Every other uh, person, I went into every shop on the high street asking the same question. Mm -hmm. Do you do unlimited data? And and the salespeople, bless them, tried their hardest to encourage me, to try and explain to me why I don't need unlimited data. Yeah. Because there's like, okay, oh, it's the Vodafone, for example, who was the ones I've got my current phone with. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, do you guys do business phones? We certainly do, young man. Okay, calm down. Um, do you do unlimited data? No. Okay, then I'm not interested. But we do do 50 gig. And is 50 gig unlimited? No, then I'm not interested. Yeah, yeah. And I said, but we can go up to 100 gig. I went, that's nice, but is it unlimited? I went, How much do you plan on using? I went, a lot because I make YouTube videos and I might be I might be obviously uploading stuff or downloading stuff when I am not in my office or at my home. Yeah. Like yeah. Say if I go home to my mum's house, it's not fair for me to just like you know download clips or upload clips. Mm-hmm. 
and shit like that, and just like like cane her internet. Yeah. Or if I go to your house or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Just, sure. I want because I worked out it's cheaper to get a phone than it is to get a portable router mm-hmm. or a portable modem because they usually don't have unlimited. Yeah, yeah, sure. Which is weird to think because every internet package is unlimited in the UK. I'm, I'm really sorry to the Americans listening, crying with their data caps. To be fair, but, they're not. Uh, not all of them. Not they're, all of them. If you pay like a bit more for like unlimited, most companies offer a, an actual unlimited one. But then you get the. Um, I remember looking into internet for my house, like with my flat. Um, when we moved in and it was a lot of places were quote unquote unlimited and then like yeah. in the small print it's oh, up to 20 gig of downloads per month. Yeah, the one that I looked at it's um, upwards of, for my current phone contract, the unlimited one, it's mm-hmm. upwards of a thousand gig. Oh, okay. Is when, is when, so a terabyte is yeah. when you start to get investigated because mm-hmm. that means using it for commercial purposes. But because yeah. I'm a business phone, uh, that limit does not apply. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, I think for the business that I have at the moment, obviously my internet at home, there is a li- that same limit applies to 1,000 gig, and that is put in place to stop people obviously buying home internet hmm. and just setting up a server farm oh, right, okay, in their yeah. house. Like buying like Virgin Internet or something at 100 gig or whatever, and then just starting a server farm because you obviously use it for business. Mm-hmm. And interestingly enough, I told you guys back in the group chat that when I set up my office, I specifically said I want a limited internet. I make YouTube yeah. videos. I'm going to be uploading like 50 gig clips every other day mm-hmm. and we downloading shit all the time i need unlimited internet i got a polite email from a girl at the, fr- the front office saying i'll try oh, I-, I can't find it now but she said something like oh hello mr smallwood we're just uh, emailing you to inform you that um, you've gone over your data cap for this month by about 400 gig <laughs> and it's charged and every gig you go over your limit is charged at like nine pound fifty so you owe us like a thousand pounds or something like that yeah, yeah. and obviously I see that and I'm like, yeah. ooh, Carl's been a naughty boy this month. Also, <laughs> I got unlimited internet. What the fuck's going on here? Yeah. So I emailed the link and it turns out it was a mistake. And they apologised and they said, don't worry about it. But what I quite liked is they sent me a message just saying, uh, if you would like to upgrade to an unlimited package, we can waive this fee and just charge you the amount we charge for limited internet. And it says I was already paying that and it was a mistake on my system. But I just thought like, yeah, that thousand, that thousand pound fine for downloading all those YouTube, for uploading all my content. Yeah, it's just like, but the part that gets me is just, it's just a very polite email going, by the way, you owe us a You owe us a grand. Thanks. You owe, you owe us a grand. Because it's a business email and they don't yeah, There's yeah. probably places here, I think Sky have like a subsidiary in this building. Like Sky's not going to scoff at a thousand pound bill. Yeah, they'll just be it's like, oh yeah, of course, like, Oh, we owe you an extra grand. Apologies. But me, I'm one guy, and I'm just sat there <laughs> going, "Is it? I, I've not made that from videos this month. <laughs> oh god, how can I? Like, it's not worth uploading shit for this." But yeah. um, with the phone thing, like everyone was like, "Oh yeah, well, you don't really need unlimited internet." And I really, really do. And how yeah. much internet do you use on a, a monthly basis? And I showed them that email, <laughs> saying, "Well, I've just got this." So can you offer me anything around this? And they just looked at it and went, okay, you should probably go somewhere else. <laughs> and so obviously I went into three. I tried to sell my thing. The guy recognised me, which made it really awkward because yeah. I was in the shop all day. Oh, no. And, and he was like, oh, so you got any videos coming up? I'm like, yeah, a few. He's what are they about? And I don't know because we record them like a month in advance now. Yeah, yeah. And I go, Honestly, mate, I'll be as surprised as you. And he goes, oh, right, well, I like this one about this. And I don't remember that one. I'm really sorry. I was probably drunk when I recorded it. And <laughs> obviously, it was a, a perfectly... But I was in there all day. Yeah. Getting this thing set up. Because apparently, they'd never set up a business account before. Oh, wow. And it all went through, and I got it all done. And I had to print off a letterhead. 
mm. with the big Wangers logo on it, which is funny. Yeah. And everyone in the shop was laughing about it, apparently, which is good, because that's why I did it. And I had to print off a piece of paper in office. I had to go to the bank. I had to get bank statements. I had to get my accounts email stuff through. I was in there all fucking day. Get the phone, take it home, set it up, download all my apps again. Yeah. Log into everything again. Set up the phone, set up the new number, transfer contacts. Like basically get it all set up. Next day, phone don't work. What? Go back into the shop. What's going on? This phone is not connected to a network. It did yesterday, it's not now. Oh, it turns out we put in one detail wrong while doing this. So technically, this contract does not exist. They've realized today they've shut off your service. So, oh. okay, then, so so can we change that? Unfortunately, not, no. Uh, we have to cancel the contract and restart it. Oh, no. So what does that mean? And Oh, well, you need to give us the phone back? I mean, but I've just spent all day setting it up. I took a day off work yeah. to do this because obviously I need it to be functional every time I'm using it. Well, you have to take it back and delete all the data off it. Oh, for fuck's sake. Okay, then. Um, and I hand them the phone back. I said, well, we need the box. What do you mean you need the fucking box? We need the box. We need everything. So I had to walk back home, get the box, oh come back God. in, put it back. And the, you know the worst bit is, I play a mobile game called Dragon Ball Z Dock and Battle. Oh, yeah, yeah. Some people I remember you mentioning it play, at some point. I have played that game for three fucking years. I have got... Like, it's one of those things, like, I went on my phone, on the train, I've played a bit of Dock and Battle. Yeah, I've yeah. got so many high-ranking cards in that game. I thought, since I've got, like, a new fancy phone, mm-hmm. I'll transfer the data to that. And I forgot when they when they clear the data, I forgot to transfer it back. Oh no, god! So I've now lost all my progress on that game. I'm like, oh no! I also transferred my Yu-Gi-Oh Duel Links account, oh, which then got deleted. God. So I've lost I've lost all my height. I'm like, you know what? It's a weight off my shoulders. <laughs> it's, it, I could never bring myself to da- like uninstall the app, and now I've got no choice. So you know what? Thanks for that anyway. Three. Thanks. Three. So they, un- they they uninstalled everything. And obviously, I give them the phone back, and I, and they say, okay, so when do I get my next phone? Yeah. And that was really, so we went through everything and they went, okay, 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 da, 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 da. all my details again, go get my passport again, go get all the same details mm. because obviously they can't use ones from a previous transaction. Do all that and I go, okay, what do, like, and I was at this point I'm thinking, if they give me back the same fucking phone, yeah. I'm going to throw it, I'm going to go ape shit. And they went, no, we can't give this phone because obviously we have to send it back. Yeah. And okay then, so can I have another phone? Unfortunately, we don't have one of these phones in stock. Oh, no. Uh, okay, so where do I get one? Oh, we've got one at Meadow Hall. So what do you mean? So Meadow Hall's like, it's only a tram ride away. But I said, I'm going to be honest here. I don't think I should have to pay money to travel to get something for your mistake. Yeah, yeah. Like, being as nice as possible about it, but I say in the nicest possible way, this is your fuck up. You should fix it. Mm-hmm. And then, okay then, so when are you free? I went, are you free on Tuesday? I record on Tuesdays. Yeah. And, oh, okay. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll come in early. I'll push filming back to come in and do this. So I did. I push filming back and I go in. And I get my phone. And they give me all the details again. I put it all back. Because obviously, by this point, the details are all out of date again. And they need to conf- like confirm the final sale. Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay, so I go in. Get it all done, filled in one more time. And they send an email. I've got to send an email to get for Oh, sorry, our systems are down. Like, they've got the phone in their hands. So they've got one delivered. <sighs> It's can I not just take the phone? No, no, we can't take the phone until we confirm the sale. When you have all my bank information in front of you, you've got my phone number, my you've got a copy of my passport, you know where I live. Yeah. Can I just take this phone? Since unfortunately we can't, you're gonna have to come back in later. I can't come in later. I'm fucking working. Oh my god. So I had to go back, 
do a full day of filming. Thankfully, filming ended at half four, so I come back in and the system was set up and I got the phone back again. And yeah, I got it all but seven. Joel really got me though. Because the entire time I got to know the staff in there a bit and talking to them. Yeah, yeah, sure. They're saying, oh, you've been really patient with us. And I went, oh, it's obviously, you, it's not your fault and being angry won't solve this. And if I came in effing and blinding, effing and jeffing and was all pissed off, you would just say, oh no, not this dickhead again. Yeah, yeah, And you wouldn't want to help me. And obviously that's the way I approach most of these things. Yeah, because... I'm still, and they, I'm still wondering though, can I get some kind of discount? Hmm. Well, unfortunately, no, we can't offer that in store. So you fucking can yeah, yeah. I know you can. I know someone in here has the authorization to give me something. A mm. free set of headphones, a, a case, anything. Yeah, yeah. Just so I know that my time's not been wasted. And the manager came out and went, We can't offer you a 20% discount on any case you want. I went, 20%? On a case? I've, I've lost two full work days over this for your mistake. And, and they're going to save you like two quid on a, on a phone yeah, case. Yeah, I, like, I was like, You know what? Is it insured? Can you at least give me some insurance? Unfortunately, we can't offer insurance on business phones. Oh, for fuck's sake. Oh, my God. It's like, God. why not? It's like, the system's not set up to do it. So the, the phone's not... And the thing is, though, when I got the phone the first time, mm. and I had it for one day, they told me it was insured. Oh, wow. But obviously, when you're told something fully insured, you don't give a shit. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, oh, it don't matter, does it? I'm just going, I'll get a new one if it breaks. Let's fuck it. And I was like, I think I, I dropped it and went, oh, thank God it's insured. <laughs> like the first day I got it, I, I dropped it and I thought, God, it's insured. And I, if I had a bro, I'd have been I, out like 800 quid for a phone because I was out to pay to replace the phone. Oh, God. It's like, oh, <laughs> it's like, oh man. And so I didn't get any Jeez. sort of discount. So I got, gave you nothing I in the end. Nothing. They said, um, oh, if you were doing a personal contract, um, we can offer like, you know, 50% off at the first six months. Can you do that for me? I went, oh, fortunately, we can't offer it for business contracts. So thanks. Oh, my God. So obviously, I, I understand know. like that. Normally, it's just oh well, it doesn't matter because like m- the business I work for is just gonna suffer for it. But obviously, like you fucking self-employed, so your business is your own. Yeah, and it's one of those things where I don't know if I can be asked spending another day trying to sort this out, like calling up customer service. Yeah, yeah. Trying to deal with is it, it really worth imagine. losing another day to this shit? Yeah, because the amount of money that I could potentially save, I could make if I'd have made, I did another day of filming or uploaded some stuff. Or yeah, went to the yeah, and sure. But it's like, oh god, it was just such a fucking hassle. Oh god. Of just an entire every time I went in, it's like, oh, we need your passport. Went, You've got a copy of my passport. It has to be a scan from today. I mean, I understand shit like that. It's as annoying as it is. Like from their side of things, it's just for data protection and stuff. Which is the one as well where I said. Um, I took the phone back and went, is the charger in the box? I went, do you give a fuck? It's a £5 charger. We need everything in the box, unfortunately. Yeah. So I had to go get the charger. It's like, you're not even going to let me keep a £5 spare charger so I can keep one at the office and one at my house. Like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> I remember trading the phone in things. once and it was like, oh, well, we're going to have to charge you like £10 because you don't have the original charger. You've got a third party charger. And I was like, right, okay. Uh, so we'll give you like 20 quid for this phone instead of 30 and then they immediately like put it on the shelf for like two hundred quid. You're like, yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. Oh, that was just one of those things where it was an entire day lost. And I thought, but I lost my dock and battle man. <laughs> oh, I, I had all the best cards. The question is, I, Carl, I had so many legendary rares. It's unreal. Oh. Um, things I never. These no. It's one of those games. I, I didn't spend any money on it. I should confirm. I've never spent any money on it, and that's why I was so proud. 
a proud for like the fucking game where he basically numbers on a screen but the fact I had all the legendary rares and like really powerful cards and I know that there are people out there who spent literally thousands of pounds on this game and not got some of the stuff that I've got in it because I just got lucky question Carlo are you going back to the game no because I was too far in there's no way yeah. I'd ever get any so I, it's a weight off my shoulders because I never had the thing because obviously it's like uh, it's an addiction oh yeah yeah sure I never spent any money but it's one of those things where it's like it's the addiction, like people who play Candy Crush all the time. Yeah. Where it's, it's the numbers on a screen, that it's the numbers go big. It's the perfect Dragon Ball game. Yeah, sure. Because every single time they've really, they released better and better and better cards. Yeah, I once, played like, it like um, around the time that the Freezer film came out. Yeah. Uh, Resurrection of F. And it was like, oh, you know, you've got like Golden Freezer now instead of this Freezer. And you've got like the Vegeta Blue and shit like this. And it's like, just constantly adding more and more cards, like his slight variations and like rarities and stuff. Yeah, and the one that uh, a good example of this is like early in the game, the best like the, obviously you get power ups. Your leader gives you a power. Mm-hmm. One of the best cards in the game gave you plus three key. So that's like your super moves need key. So essentially, it's just like it gives you a boost. This one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, when I last played last the game, one of the, the better cards in the game gave you plus four key, plus one hundred and twenty percent. Increase to health, attack, and defense. Oh wow! Okay. And then obviously you get a, you get a leader card, and you get a pick a second leader card from your friends list. Mm. And obviously that means you are now going in with plus eight key, plus two hundred percent attack, oh, defense, and damage for every card that you're playing. And it's one of those things where it's obviously that number creep only made sense to me. I mean, every other game like that, it's never stuck with me. Yeah. Except for in that one, because you 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 kind of you tolerate it. Cause it's Dragon Ball. And yeah. Dragon Ball the numbers are always going higher. Mm-hmm. So it kind of makes sense that they are continuously releasing more and more powerful cards. Yeah. And now that weight has been lifted and I don't have to play it ever again. <laughs> and a friend of mine was like, I can't believe you've betrayed Doc and Battle. I'm like, mate, it feels so good. You should uninstall it. He's like, I can't. Yeah. I can't uninstall I can't do it. I can't betray Dragon Ball. I'm like, oh no. He's still too deep, man. He's still too He's deep. He's truck. He is. Oh dear. Oh, that was, yes, yeah, so that was an adventure. That was, that was my entire day. Oh God. I do not, not today, you so that, was, that was my entire fucking like Monday, I think it was. <laughs> fucking asshole, man. Try to solve but you know what? Out, but... It's all worth it to escape the grasp of Dragon Ball. Yeah, it is. Thank you. Goku no longer has the hold over me he once did. <laughs> S- Super Saiyan level, like Super Saiyan 4, like Gogeta, no chance. Get fucked. <laughs> oh, good. The thing is, I like that game because what it did is it it put in all the, like, it, obviously the rarities went like normal, rare. Um, and like super rare, ultra rare, mm. and you've got to think like, where'd you go beyond ultra rare? And they introduced legendary rare, <laughs> and the legendary rare are like iconic Dragon Ball moments. Oh, uh, right. So okay. got, like, the, I think the first two released were so like a first, spirit bomb. Yeah, it was first form freezer and Super Saiyan Goku. Oh, okay, yeah. The thing is though, those cards, even though they say legendary rare on them, are now worse than regular cards. Even though they are legendary cards. Oh, God. Because obviously the power creep is so intense. And it's got to the point where some of the legendary rares in that game is like the Ginyu Force. It's like <laughs> the legendary Ginyu Force. It's like a, leg- when, you know, like we obviously played like Yu Gi Oh! back in the day. Yeah. And then, like, I compare my like high level Yu Gi Oh! cards from the original yeah. few series. Dark Magician. Compared to like. A basic card in the new stuff, and you're just like, oh, okay, it outranks like my shit that needs three turns to get out. 
Yeah, your Jirai Gummo's like, it's so terrible now. 2200 attack, four stars, let's go, baby. So what's that? Chaos Envoy Dragon. Awesome, thanks. <laughs> you know what, though? But you know all that's Manny. not even powerful anymore. Do you know what's still competitive? Man Eater Bug. Yeah. Man Eater Bug will always be competitive, because you know what, Man Eater Bug? Sangan's banned. No, Man Eater Bug is the fucking champ. I, if, I always say the same joke, and it's if God... If, like, you know what, if I'd have had a Man Eater Bug at the start of creation... And God was said, let there be light. And I said, man, eat a bug. Universe over. <laughs> Nothing. Counter. Let there be light, man, eat a bug. Get fucked. None of that. Mirror force. Mirror force on all of creation. God's life points getting reduced to zero instantaneously. Oh, man. Can you imagine if I try to stall out God? Not use a burn deck on God. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, oh, you're playing... Do you want to say, like, oh, you can play the devil for your soul or like, you yeah, play yeah. the Grim Reaper to come back to life? Like, imagine playing like the Grim Reaper at Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> and rather... And you, like, you stall out the Grim Reaper. No one can stall out the Grim Reaper, Carl. He'll <laughs> get you eventually. I've got I've got 60 cards in my deck and they're all in... I'm putting every card in defence mode. <laughs> like, playing the devil for your soul. What's that? What are you going to do? I'm a fiddle comp now, man. I'm going to play Yu-Gi-Oh! Yeah, you're gonna well. beat my shinies. You're gonna beat my perfect one-turn victory deck. Oh god! <laughs> playing the you play the devil <laughs> like fucking uh, like uh, oh, what's a game where it's super broken? Like challenging like Battlefield Two or something before the patch. <laughs> I want to use my but I want to use my fully upgraded Boba Fett who's invincible in the air against your regular soldier. Get oh out. god! He's <laughs> gonna use a fully upgraded. Um, uh, Hero Yoda. Yeah, he's got to start with... on a new account because he's never played the game before. <laughs> no, I'm gonna play. Oh, you're, like, you're gonna play Halo Three, but I'm just gonna like fucking lag switch you. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna lag switch Satan. You can't beat me now. You're <laughs> sniping Satan. You're so good. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> but anyway, is there anything that you've got coming up? I would like to uh, plug. Um, the podcast. I mean, I'll just do my uh, usual plug, I guess. So I've got uh, my YouTube channel to plug, as always. Which is Legend of Kanto. Yeah. And um, same day as this podcast, we'll have a Smash Bros. one-on-one video between me, you, and Charlie. So we're just like th- doing some uh, one-on-ones. Swapping I was about to say, a, three, a three-person one-on-one. That's yeah, not so one like the three of us just swap, you know, in and out of 1v1 matches. It's not a 1v1v1 or in anything like that. Or, you know, what we should do next time. 1v1 with three of us, but two of us share one controller. Yeah, that's the way. We should do it like that. Be, you know what? That's a terrible idea. We should do it. <laughs> but that's the one, yeah. And I'll try and arrange with my like my naked friend to try and get her on next time. I think she's really busy with moving though. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, sure. she can tell us some fucking stories from her time. <laughs> so like, you think it's bad that I have a person who would occasionally send me like, harassing, threatening emails? You don't know the shit that she gets. Oh, I can't imagine. It's like, you, you know what? You don't have to because she'll be on soon. Oh, yeah. And with that, uh, wish everyone a good week. Yeah, thank you for listening, guys. Thank thank you for listening. Enjoy the rest of your day. Bye.